Welcome everyone to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me, as always, is our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. But with a special guest here, the man, the myth, engine. Oh, oh, what, oh, what's going on, Grandpa? Do the full introduction. Do the full introduction. Thanks. Not some halfway introduction. Grumpy do the old man because he's always the same. Okay. Do it right. Start over and do it right. Do it right. They now. say there's no shame in the game because it's always the same. They go, Grumpy, you say, that's me. That's me. There you go. Thank you. As consistent as always. And again, today we got the man, the myth, the legend, Coach Tommy Baffy here joining us today. Repping the Drive for Five merchandise as well. I like it. I like it. What are you eating? Had to do it. What are you eating? I'm eating my dinner. Okay. You know, here's the thing. I'm still in recovery mode from Sunday night, having to do a podcast till four o'clock in the morning. My clock is a little bit off. Okay, I like it. I like it. You're mixing things up. You're mixing things up. The warden said that she cooked me some food today. So I said, okay, what was I going to say? No. So instead of eating after the podcast, or maybe I get an upset stomach overnight, no, I don't have to worry about that. So you get a little bit older, you got to worry about things like that. But so what I'm doing is I'm going to eat now. And then after this, I'm going to get a little some steps in to, you know, get that, get everything moving. To burn all the carriers off. Yeah, I know you have never been a man to turn down a free meal, grumpy old man. That's uh, very that, true. That being said, trade deadline went off. Uh, obviously, big trade there, headlining uh, trade deadline there, wrapping it up. Uh, Detroit Red Wings there, trade Mantha um, to the Washington Capitals. And I mean, the Washington Capitals separated themselves with quite some draft capital as well as Jacob Verona. So, I mean, trade deadline there. Uh, I wouldn't call it like crazy, but I mean, definitely did have some big moves there on it. Yeah, I think that was the last trade that they had uh, after we went off the air. I believe we broke the Taylor Hall trade, um, Islanders Universe. But, you know, I tell you, as everyone likes to know, I like to bag on the Islanders a little bit, a little bit, just a little bit. But I'll tell you what, to be honest with you, uh, if they do, I always call it like I see it. If they do something good or people being critical on them when I don't think they should be, I call that out too. So I just want to say I'm not all that disappointed that we did not get Taylor Hall. Uh, his first game last night with Boston was the same thing that you see. He's not defensively responsible. Not that uh, I thought it was going to be an issue with, with us as well. I mean, if you're not willing to subjugate your game, uh, you're not going to be a fit here. And he, I won't say he shot his way out of Buffalo, but he did have that no trade. And uh, he did want to go to Boston and uh, he let them know. So I think he, when he did his first interview post trade, he did kind of intimate that he turned down a couple other trade requests. And they said the two finalists were the Caps and the Islanders. I don't know what we were going to give up, probably, I don't know, three, four, five first round picks, but he went for a second. Uh, Boston instead. Oh, Tommy, weigh in. I mean, like, what do you think there about that trade? I know I, I wanted. I. What do you think? They're happy we didn't acquire Taylor Hall. No, I'm not. Um, I was. I was someone who believed Taylor Hall would fit here. Now, I'm obviously very happy with the trade that the Isles did make, the big one, and of course the uh, the little small trade that we added in at the at the end of the night on Sunday. I, I thought that Taylor Hall would have fit with with Barzell and Evelyn personally. I don't think he would have been a problem. I think Hall want, does want to win, so I think when he got here on a, you know, in the short term, I think he falls in the line, does what Trotz wants, plays with Barzell and Evely, and probably scores a lot of easy goals thanks to Barzell. That's my personal opinion on Hall. I think he would have fit. 
Um, and the Islanders did go after him. So obviously that tells you that they believed he would have fit, right? If they went after him. And I could tell you what I was told they offered. If, you know, that's all right. I was told it was a second round pick and Bellows was what we offered up for Hall. So it's it's pretty similar to what Boston offered up, right? Um, and in the end, from what I'm told, is that the Devils trade that we had made, we had not offered a first. We had offered a second and all that junk that we threw in. And when they threw in Zajac, we upped it to a first, and that's what sealed that trade. I heard we were ahead of Boston initially, but we may have even used that whole trade to get Palmieri and Zajac together. I, I think that's a fair assessment. I, I like that, Tommy. Now, I'm going to ask you a question. You said your name is Coach Tommy Mappy. Hold on. Now, before, we jump in too much, before we jump in too much, we've got to read the ad. I'm sorry, Grandpa. One but second. One second. Okay, Coach. Now, is that your first name or just like a moniker? Is your middle name Tommy, your first name Coach, or is there, you know, how is that working? I think if my parents had named me Coach, um, they would have been a lot of questions for my parents' sanity. So, um, no, my first name is Tommy. My, my, I was given the name Coach, honestly, when I was in my early 20s because uh, I've been very athletic all my life. And then I actually had started up a local team when I was 20 um and just it just stuck i was actually playing and coaching at the same time that was my own personal team i did it for about 14 years uh back injury kind of made me had to quit doing that and then i was just doing a little bit of coaching after that but everybody just started calling me coach all around town or you know even you know everybody in my family my family still called me by my normal name but it became a moniker to me yes and then ironically when we started to drive for five and we started, I started up with the game threads and stuff like that and doing recaps. It was Michael Alexi from Germany who came up and just said, we should call you coach. And I just thought that was kind of ironic. And that's how we got the coach Baffy's corner and started the show and everything up on the drive to five. Very good. See, TJ, I like to give a little human interest stories. I'm not like you, right to the advertising, right to the money aspect of this podcast. No, no, no. I want to okay. get a little bit of, you know, I want some some background when we ever have people on this podcast for certain i know they just get very very stringent i don't know I, you know i don't want to upset the corporate overlords that's, yeah, that's it now that now you're going to be the company shill that you are go ahead thanks there grump that being said today's podcast is sponsored by DraftKings. again basketball season won't be around forever so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy sports DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. To claim your free shot at million dollars of total prizes, use the code THPN during sign-up. And playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. I mean, you just pick your lineup, you stay under the salary cap, and you see how your team stacks up against the competition. You feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, assist means so much more with DraftKings daily fantasy lineup. Baseball fans also, right? If you missed out on last season long in fantasy, so now you got to make up for it here. And you also can do that there with a the daily fantasy action where DraftKings is even more ways to make it rain. And with DraftKings, payday comes every day for players. So what are you waiting for? Head to the app now and download the DraftKings app. Use the code THPN during sign-up. This week, this week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with free shots at million dollar million dollars in prizes. And again, that's code THPN for a free shot and millions of dollars in total prizes at DraftKings.com. A minimum of $5 deposits required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Oh, I only butchered it a little bit there, Grum. I was actually going to compliment you on getting all the way through, but as usual, you did not disappoint, and you screwed up twice at the end. You know, 
what can I say? You, you, hey, you know what? You do the best you can. That's all I can say. You sold me, TJ. I was signing up while you were doing the commercial, just so you know. So you did a good job there. <laughs> you have a face for radio. I have to say that. <laughs> that's Tommy or me, Grump. It doesn't Both matter. Of us. Both of us. <laughs> I like it. I like it, grumpy old man. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I I disagree with you a little bit. You talk about how you're happy we didn't go ahead and acquire Taylor Hall. You say, no, 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 no. I know a lot of people were ripping the Islanders for not going the extra mile to get him. And I want to stick up for them. That's all. Because I always stick up for the Islanders. Always. What is going on here? I call him as I see him. You know that. When I... I don't think they should be getting ripped because they didn't pick up Taylor Hall. That's all. I do want to also follow back up on another item. You said here that, you know, the trade, you couldn't really give it a final grade when we acquired Kyle Palmieri and Travis Ajak. You wanted to see what other players were valued at, what trades went for. Now that the trade deadline has come and passed, where do you put the finalized grade of the Islanders acquiring Palmieri and Zajac? I'm still going to say they overpaid. I'll give it a B. I'll give it a B. But you, yeah. what it's an overpayment everybody else is getting second round draft picks and you know we're giving up first i just want to make sure so we went immediately as the trade broke f minus 30 sure. minutes later it turns to a b then next podcast you completely go off the board and you say you don't have a grade it's incomplete and now you give it a b again I, yeah because you're pressing me you're pressing me for a grade I, you know the whole thing is Let's see how it turns out. If they does, if they do nothing, and we get knocked out in the first round of playoffs, then it's an F. Then it's an F double. It's a Z. It's so bad because you're giving up first round picks for you know what you could have done anyway. Tommy, I want to hear what your opinion is on it. I mean, did that your did that address the needs that you felt the Islanders had most? Uh, first off, I mean, I, I do think a B. It, there's nothing wrong with grading that as a B. It, it is, there is a difference of opinion. The grade can change on many levels. Uh, because you got to remember, if, if we do well in the playoffs, that's going to up the grade. If we if we get back to the conference finals, if we make a surprising run to the Stanley Cup finals, that ups the grade. What if Kai Pal- what, what if Palmieri signs long term? Does that change the grade if we keep him? Yeah, I, I think so. And I do think it was a fair trade when you add Zajac in, and we're getting a very serviceable third line guy who can play center and wing. And, and I do want to add that I gave the Isles an A for this trade deadline. I thought it was the best trade deadline we've had. In a long, long time, we also acquired a need, in my opinion, in Braden Coburn. Uh, I think I, I've been yammering for a big physical defenseman. I mean, I'm I'm an old school guy with hockey, and I know that defensemen have gotten smaller and smaller. We don't clear out the front of the net very well. I don't know if you guys have noticed that. That's one of our weaknesses is we don't clear out that net. A guy like Braden Coburn, when we do use him, uh, six foot five, two thirty, he's going to be clearing a lot of guys out in front of that net. He's a big, tough defenseman. And we're in the playoffs playing a team like the Capitals or a team like the Bruins. They're big and physical. I'm playing him. I'm playing him over Andy Green. Yeah, he was. I mean, yeah, I mean, he. Uh, I, I thought that was an excellent move by us also. Yeah. Uh, I feel he will get some ice. At least I hope so. He should get some ice. I mean, it depends on what uh, old Barry, you know, wants to do, you know. He is kind of what he is. That's the thing. In an ideal situation, how much do you realistically see Braden Coburn actually scratching and starting the lineup? Well, he's old, so that is a leg up right there. He's one of the older players, so he's not older than Andy Green, though. So I mean, like that. I mean, that could be problematic for him right there. Maybe it's maybe a sit down, no adoption. He's too young. 
I don't no. even no, no. Noah, Noah doesn't even shave yet. I mean, not much I know. <laughs> He's still like they, you know, they give them like, oh, come here, Noah, and they put like a little little stuff and they give them like one of those fake plastic razors. There you go, practice your shaving. Fake plastic razors. They give him the end of the toothbrush. And he shaves over there with like dad, you know, with the end of the toothbrush grump is what you're looking for, I think. No, they used to have fake plastic razors when I was a kid. They used to sell through you and pretend like you'd be like your dad. And they put some stuff on there and you just shaved it off. But it wasn't sharp at all. They used to also use single blades. You know what a single blade is? Yeah, I know I know what a single blade is, Grump. Really? Because I'm looking at your face. And I, don't really think I don't think you know what they are. <laughs> Not this coming. <laughs> I, Grump. Yeah, I grump. I'm I'm familiar there with a single blade. Too I know. Easy. Too too easy. Oh. Yeah, this, is of, this is one of the weird things when you got grump with the guests. Now he's got now he's got the, now he feels like he's got a live audience right here with him. Now he's got to put on a show. Grumpy old man's got to put on a song and dance for everybody. I'm empowered. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to empower you, Julian. Yeah. <laughs> do you still feel like and this is for both you guys? Do you still feel like the Islanders are favorites to win the division, or do you think that trade the Capitals made? Puts them a slight, you know, a slight lead over the Islanders there to win the division, the East. I think I I think we should win division. I really do. And I'd much rather play Boston in the first round, um, certainly rather than Pittsburgh. I'd rather have those two teams beat up on one another and then uh, take them on the uh, division championship. Tommy, what do you? I mean, like, what's your opinion there on that? Um, I'll give you two things. I'll give you an opinion on that trade, if you like, um, which I, I'm not saying. I actually thought the Capitals got fleeced. I really thought that they overpaid in that trade. And I was one happy Islander fan to see Verona get away from us. That guy kills us. So I was like, go ahead, go off to Detroit. And I said, I, and I, I have respect for Mantha, nothing against it, but I, I was happy to see them give up two pretty good pocket players for one and then throw in all those draft picks. So I, I thought the Capitals just made a panic move to try and catch up with our trade. So I, I think that was something that Lou caused. I think Lou caused the Capitals to make that move. And as far as, you know, as far as winning the division, I honestly think it's even for all three teams. I think the Penguins, Islands, and Capitals all have a pretty equal chance to win this division. We might have a little bit of the roughest schedule compared to the other two teams if you really look at the schedule. So I think it's pretty close. I think we can end, honestly we can end up anywhere between first and third, but I do think we have a fair chance to, to uh, if Palmieri and Zajac uh, really do start to get comfortable. Yeah, I like our chances 100%, but we have the toughest schedule of the three teams in my opinion. That's true. Here's, here's a trade breakdown as well. Let me go ahead and close that. Trade breakdown again. Jacob Verona there and Richard Panic plus a first-round pick in 2021. A second round pick in 2022, all for Mantha. Too much. Yeah, it's a lot. That's a lot. And it was, you know, I didn't even have to prop Tommy to say how brilliant I was just a couple of weeks ago by pontificating on the fact that it was really wise to make those deals early instead of getting up to the trade deadline. Do you remember that, TJ? Remember I when I said that? I don't think anybody. I don't think anybody ever is like, "Hey, it's a good idea to wait." I mean, like the only time maybe you can get a late snag where you can wait and, and it's beneficial for you is when you got a situation like the Buffalo Sabers were this year. I mean, man, oh man, people were just bending them over the barrel. I mean, they did not do a good job, in my opinion, there of, of selling their assets. No way, they did not. I, I thought Buffalo did a horrible job in what they got back in their returns for their players. 
100%. If you, if there were two teams I thought that did really well as far as teams that were selling and got returns. It was the Detroit Red Wings and Stevie Eisenman who really did a great job. And Columbus, the Blue Jackets did a heck of a job acquiring plenty of picks to, to rebuild with. I thought those two teams deserved A's for their rebuilds. Yeah, without a yeah. doubt. You've got to remember, think about the job Eisenman did when he was at Tampa, right? Same type of thing. And I don't think uh, – Detroit's not going to be great soon, but I think with Eisenman at the helm, they're going to be better than they should be sooner than we expect. I don't know, Grump. I mean, like, I, you saw what he built there in Tampa. I, again, like, I think I think he could have that – I think he could have that organization turn around in two years. I really mm-hmm. do. I, I'm like, that. I think that's a little bullish, but I, I really do think that's a possibility. Um, people people forget. I mean, like, I know Vron has had his issues with the Capitals. I mean, he had it under Barry Trotz. I mean, he was he was healthy scratched at points at times this year, right? Yeah, but he he was an island, he's an Islander killer. Uh, he always seemed to play well against us. I'm just saying he plays. He's an extremely talented player. And also to acquire their first and additional second the year after, and panic. I I don't know. I, you know, I think they turned out well in the trade, and I really think they can get that organization turned around like quicker and sooner than you think, too, Grump. Okay. Well, we'll see. Time will tell. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Now, it's interesting. Tommy, we were talking a little bit yesterday. We had a little bit of a chat there with myself and the grumpy old man. We had a little talk there beforehand, and, you know, to kind of get to know each other a little bit there. So everything flows there smoothly on the podcast. We brought up a few topics and something I did not know. And I wasn't familiar with because again, I don't live in the area there uh, of New York. But in the same token, Tommy had brought up something about John. Tav- I hate to rehash, I hate to rehash <laughs> old, old issues. But speaking of the trade deadline and trade deadline failures, Tommy had a little bit of an insight story, I think, grumpy old man. I'm not sure if you heard it there yesterday. I did, and I was I was shocked. Well, I I heard dribs and drabs, but I just want to let everyone on the podcast know TJ is still a little bit butthurt when John Tavares left us to go to Toronto. I'll never forget it when he did. The language, the anger, you know, he's still kind of not over it. So I just, that's why he continues to bring it up. You can push that narrative as much as you want. What I heard from Tommy (laughs) my point 110%. And that's why I wanted him to bring it up. I'm happy. You'll be able to hear it live with all of the listeners. Grumpy old man. I'm happy about that. Remember the biggest issue I had with the entire John Tavares nonsense is that we lost that asset for absolutely nothing. Tommy had a little bit of inside information there. That's all I'm going to say, Grumpy. And, and uh, it's, it might open your eyes a little bit, and maybe you're going to start seeing there through my colored glasses. That's all I'm going to say, Grump. Okay. See, and for everyone who just listened to TJ rant, you can tell he's still a little bit butthurt over John Tavares. Thank I'm you. Not, I had always thought he wanted to inflict whatever type of damage he could for the Islanders. I have always thought that. Again, you, you could see it there on the face. You could see it on his face there towards the end. It's like, man, not too much enthusiasm when he played. We had talked about it. Not a great leader. And he also said that he had his mind made up the entire time. Why did he do this to the Islanders? Why don't he why, has some insight, Grump. Why don't we let Tommy tell the story? Yeah, it's like story time. Myself and well, the Grump. Man, I'm just going to sit here with a shit-eating grin on my face as the grumpy old man just listens, and he's going to he's going to come more towards my opinion and our side here. That's all. Okay, this is called Conspiracy Theory Hour. 
with uh, Tommy Gaffey. Go, Tommy. Let's hear it. Well, well, first off, I want to I want to make TJ feel a little bit better about the loss of his idol. Okay. Oh, um, my <laughs> idol. Oh. Okay, the loss of your idol, and I say this to the fans all the time with all the hate towards Tavares. In a real honest sense, we should be thanking him because if we if he hadn't if he had signed and not left, we still would have had Gosno. We still would have had Doug Wade. We would not have had Lou Lamorello and Barry Trotz and that coaching staff running this team, and we'd be missing playoffs. Telling you all that right now, we had a bad captain, we had a bad leader, and he was gutless. And I'm not afraid to say it on here. I'll be nasty about it. Um, I agreed back when we drafted him. You know, I was between my love. I thought Victor Hedman was going to be a better player, but we needed the forward, right? We all needed the forward back then. We knew that that Island team had no scoring. So totally was in agreement with uh, with, with drafting him. But when it comes down to this last deal, and, I'm, and he did give us a bargain contract the first time, in fairness to Tavares, he gave us a bargain contract. And in fairness, he did put the Islanders back on the map. So uh, the good things that, that JT did, he made the Islanders visible again. Uh, he did win us a playoff series. You know, he came through big in that Florida series. He was clutch. And we can all agree with that. But John Tavares' heart was, I think, very, very fairly torn between Toronto and Long Island. I believe he, li- he liked it here. But let's say when you have a significant other who had no desire to stay here, uh, it's going to cause a major conflict. And with Tavares, the Islanders offered him a seven-year, $70 million deal the summer before he before his last season, and he turned it down. And the agent's reasons for that was related to the cap, saying we want a certain percent of the cap, and we can't make that decision until we know what the salary cap's going to be. So right there, shouldn't that tell Goss no, that they're not going to know what the new salary cap's going to be until after the season? Am I right, guys? Yeah. That to me, if we're not making the playoffs at that point when we get to February, you're gone. Piss poor job by Gosnell. And I thought Snow was actually a better GM than people give him credit for as far as drafting-wise and finding talent. I thought he was a good GM. But when it came to that scenario, the rule to that, too, is this. When you're a GM, don't become best friends with your player because it clouds your vision. And that's what happened with Tavares and Gosnell, and Gosnell's advising the owners. Right around Christmas time is what I learned. Um, the wife wanted to go back to Toronto. I got that time, the fiance, but wanted to go back to Toronto with her family. And I guess we all know how it is a lot of times with men and women. Yeah, where the woman, yeah, yeah, yeah where the woman wants to live, the man is probably going to follow. Right. So that had been plotted out though by her and the agent starting back in the summertime, and she went to him right around the holidays and told him. This is what she wants. She does not want to stay on Long Island. Uh, at that point, Tavares gave into it. Go, I always say a great moment in Island's history is we have the big announcement in January, right, for the new Belmont Arena. There's John Tavares on that stage, right? Look at his face. Would you think the captain of New York Islands would be happy to, to finally have a brand-new home, to go into a, a new state-of-the-art arena that we can compete capital-wise with the New York Rangers, our arch-rivals, and be the host of New York? He looked like somebody killed his dog. I tell every Islander fan to go back and look at that. That was a telltale. 100%. I ask you where the Islands were around Christmas time that year. We were uh, in well into the playoffs at that point. We were battling for the division. We were the number one offense in the league. And all of a sudden, somebody's play started dipping badly. And during that two-and-a-half-month span, I saw John Tavares play the worst hockey of his career, including his rookie year. 
He wasn't back-checking. He wasn't playing any defense. His offense numbers dropped off big time, and the Islanders took a complete drop. We all know the story about him telling Gus, no, don't trade me. I'm going to stay, right? We all know about it. Oh, yeah. Public. All right. If I'm Goss now as a general manager, hey, I love you, JT. I love you. Either your name is on that contract or I am trading you. There's no way I'm letting you go for nothing. So we have to blame Goss now for that. For certain. You know, we were offered from the Toronto Maple Leafs, and I can confirm this a first round pick, a second round pick, and William Nylander for Tavares before the deadline. And we turned it down. They call that a fireable offense if you're a general manager. Oh, and what happened to him? Well, he deserved it. Like I said, for me, for me if, Hold on. The story's not over. The story. oh, I, thought, I thought the story was over. Oh, no, no. no. It's just I'm going to add the one more little part to it, and then I'll let you in. Um, the wife had gone to school. She had actually trained to be a nurse practitioner. Okay. Fiance became wife. Okay. She was actually applying for jobs in Toronto while all this was going on. Okay. Whether the Islanders knew that or not, I don't honestly know. Um, I don't know if they knew. And I, I tend to believe they probably didn't know. Tell but me. Right after, yeah. Tell yeah. me right after the season happened, too. Right after the season, she took a job in Toronto. Okay. Right after the season. I mean, if that's not a, if that's not telling the Islanders that he's leaving, I don't know what is. See, okay, he, yeah. just wait. he's not done yet. He's not done yet. How did they find well, out? Who found out? Too, Tommy. I want to know who found out. Uh, the, the owner found out. Malcolm. Uh, he's the first one that found out, and that he went ballistic on Snow, um, and they went right to Lou. Lou was in the works weeks before they actually signed him, and they knew Tavares was going to leave. And they, they had to do something, and they, they could not let Snow and Doug Wade stay here because of this. Because Doug Wade was another one who was John Tavares' caddy. The head coach was his caddy. They hung around all the time. I mean, when, when Tavares first came into the league as a kid, he, he roomed with Doug Wade. Lived in his house. Yeah. I met them. When, I, when Tavares was 18 years old, I actually met them at a little cafe in Oyster Bay and actually sat down and talked with them. When Tavares first got here in his first training camp, did he say more so, than he, yeah. he talked a decent amount, but he you know he listened a lot. I was just I was telling him about Long Island life. I was telling him about the Islander fan, you know, how we are and and you know what we expect, you know, and, and, and to tell him to, to stay straight, don't lie to the Islander fan. The Islander fans aren't stupid. I said, we figured things out. We've been we've been punished a lot. I said, and you're technically our savior, which was which is a hard thing to come in as a kid and be viewed as somebody's savior. That's a really that's a lot to put on somebody's shoulders for anybody. So, you know, I, so I think I could take away from this grump. I do. His wife was applying for nurse practitioner positions in Toronto. Do you think he just magically came to the decision at the end of the year? Ah, oh, maybe I'm gonna sign in Toronto. Are you kidding me? His wife had already taken a job there in Toronto. That's where the intention was. So guess what? At the trade deadline, when he said, Don't trade me. He knew the entire time they were moving to Toronto, as most of us had expected. It's weird to where now you can connect the dots and you say, oh, yeah, that's right. They get the old reason we're bringing this up. It's a trade deadline just came around. I guess I feel a little bit. Could you imagine this team? You're right. We are better without John Tavares. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 
I do not like, and this should strike a heart with you. This should strike a this should strike a uh, a string on your heart, grumpy old man. You complain that we don't have enough draft capital. You complain that we don't have enough young players. Could you imagine if at that trade deadline we traded there for William Nylander and acquired a first and a second? What the prospect pool would look like differently if that happened, grumpy old man? Could you imagine that? Just want you to envision that. So go ahead. Tell me now you still don't mind John Tavares absolutely screwing the Islanders over because there's no way he didn't know that ahead of time before the trade deadline. That is the issue I have. No complaints with him not being here. I don't care. We're better without him. But I do mind if you're trying to tell me you could have William Nylander a first and a second for something that just walked away. Are you done? Are you done? I'm you so with applying for jobs in Toronto as a nurse practitioner. I am so glad that you're not – butthurt over John Tavares leaving, though, because I don't know what your reaction would be if you were. I mean, when you're not, I mean, you're so calm and rational when you discuss his departure. I mean, I understand. Okay. Did it bother me that he left? No. I don't care. If a guy leaves, a guy leaves. I don't care. I'm a little bit older than you, so I don't get get butthurt over those things. I just don't. Okay. But here's the thing. I don't even blame John Tavares for that. I absolutely don't. That's totally falls on Garth Snow. He's the GM. I don't care what the player tells me he wants to do. Tommy's 100% right. You say, John, sign here or you're getting moved. And if he said, I'm not signing, you take that trade. Because then it sets you up for the next wave. You get some draft capital. You get a good young player going forward to go with Matt Barzell. He didn't do that. That's all on Garsno. It's not on John Tavares. I don't blame him. Garsno is also Garsno is also to fall here for certain. But but think about it, how out of touch he was and not knowing what's going on. If the owner, the owner of the team, who he's not ch- tracking the day by day of everything that's going on, if he finds out that his uh, fiance, soon to be wife, is accepting jobs in Toronto. Why isn't the GM knowing any of this? What has he got his head in the sand? Like I said, I don't blame, I don't blame Tavares at all. I don't. You know what? He earned that right to become a free agent uh, when he and he signed with somebody else. That's just the way sports is now. It's not the 1950s. So you know what? But it's all on Garth Snow. He should have given the ultimatum. And we said that a long time ago. You don't let it get that late in the game. Um, I I look I. I have to blame – I don't blame Tavares for want to be a free agent. That, that, that's all well and good. But when you are the captain of a team, you've been there for nine years, you are the po- – look, when you walked into the Nassau Coliseum of the Barclays, 60% of the crowd had a 91 jersey on. Okay? 60% of the crowd. You owe – you do owe something to the fans because we, we put you up on a pedestal. We made you who you are in some sense. And we, we deserved a little bit of honesty. Honestly, we did. We didn't deserve to be treated that way. So well, I blame yeah. both. Yeah, he, but he's never going to tell you that he wanted to go somewhere else. I, I, I don't feel he's a strong enough personality to even say something like that. I never, I never thought he was a team leader. I mean, ever. I mean, he was a captain in name only. I never felt that he was a leader. But, I mean, does he strike you as somebody with a forceful personality or someone who's going to – he just doesn't to me. Um, I, I don't like I said, it did, never bothered me that he left. I could care less. And in the long run, it's better off because he couldn't skate back then. He can't skate now, and he really won't be able to skate five years from now. Here's my question, Grumpy Old Man. Andrew Lee, go. Here's my question, Grumpy Old Man. I want to yeah. paint a picture. 
Let's assume Anders Lee is becoming a res- unrestricted free agent. He says he wants to come back to the Islanders all the time. <laughs> he says he wants to come back to the Islanders all the time. And uh, he just up and leaves. Grump, how, how sad would you feel? Would you be heartbroken if Anders Lee were to do that? No. Here's the thing. I feel we bet against, we bet against ourselves to get him re-signed. When we didn't get Panarin, we panicked and, re, uh, and re-signed him to – I mean, Montreal was his only suitor, right? Did they offer him no. seven years? He had other suitors in Montreal. Well, you know what? He should have been gone. I, like, I was hoping you were going to hit me with an average Anders line. I was literally trying to set you up like a volleyball player would, and you just whiffed on it. Come on. You know, he had, he, Chicago was highly interested in him, too. The Blackhawks were, were all over Anders Lee. Uh, you know what? That would have hastened uh, our rebuild if he was gone. They're not in a rebuild right now, though. Well, we should be in a rebuild now. Oh, uh, we'll be yeah. soon enough. It's coming. It's coming. Oh, my God. Grumpstradamus, let me tell you something. It's coming. If you just predict that, yeah, sure, to far enough, yeah, far enough down the line, every team's going to go back through a rebuild. Come on now. Do, do, you, do you guys honestly expect Lou to be in a rebuild mode right now? No. No. He's no. in his 80s. He's trying to win one last cup. He's yeah. going to sell the farm to get whatever he can get over the next two or three years to win a Stanley Cup. I think I, all the fans should recognize that. Well, I, I mean, I firmly believe that, and he's done that. And I, as I've said before on uh, previous podcasts, with the way the team is set up now, you kind of have to go for it. I just don't think we have enough talent to get there. If we are at ancillary pieces, I think we need a couple of big pieces to put us with the potential to win a cup. That's like that's Taylor what I. Hall. What now, TJ? I said like a Taylor Hall, right? Not like Taylor Hall. You know, I was never in. Mm-hmm. All I just I just didn't think he fit. I just didn't think he fit with what we do here. I like a, a Forsberg, guys like that. I, here's the thing: I'm willing to shoot for the moon. I really am. Taylor Hall, he's like shooting for the five and dime down the street. Oh. I look, I mean, winning a Stanley Cup is is very difficult. So I, I think we we should respect the fact that they're trying to win one. They're going for it. Whether they whether they're successful at it over these next few years, that remains to be seen. But I don't think it's impossible for this team to win the cup. What, what I, you know, I'd say it's a low percentage, but I think it's a low percentage for most teams. I think most, almost every team is a low percentage team to win the cup because you got so many teams competing. Look at this division we're in. This is the toughest division in the NHL right now, and we're going to have to, no matter what we do, no matter what position we finish in, we're going to have to beat two really good teams to get out of this division. That's a fact. Agreed. Oh, I'm a little more bullish on the Islanders' chances to win the Stanley Cup. And here's the reason why. Listen to me. I can, really, I, can I get a boot for you to lick? If I had if I had the knowledge of my little soundboard, I would have given you a little sound there, Grump, but I don't have the knowledge, so I'm going to have to save that for later. That being said, I am, I'm more bullish, I think, than both of you guys. I think that the trade of Kyle Palmieri, if, I know you're not a big fan of him, Grump, being on the third line. Trust me, I know. You're not a big fan of that. That being said... That third line has unbelievable offensive power. It really does. I, I, I put it up there against any third line in the NHL. It's more than a third line. It's like a, it's like a second, second line. And again, for a team that plays this solid four down, the four solid lines down, down, the, uh, down the roster, I think that only bodes for more success. The defense is solid. I will be interested to see you know, the more time Noah Dobson gets removed from having COVID, when he'll be able to pick up where he left off. There's a lot of things I'm still excited about. And again, you do have strong goalies. 
You've got strong defense. And we added the two pieces. I mean, it might not be the perfect pieces, but we added two pieces to help make a push there on the offensive side of the puck. Again, could we have used a guy like a, a caliber there of a Taylor Hall who can help go ahead and create a little bit more offensive acumen? Sure, who does it on a first line? But I think Zajac does go ahead and bring the ability to win the faceoff there, which Matt Barzal is one of the worst at in the leagues. So again, it addresses some little needs, maybe not huge needs on that first line, small needs. Yeah, and you're right about the faceoffs. I mean, no argument there. Worst part of Barzal's game. I mean, it's not even close for second. But let's be honest, Zajac is a step or two behind those two guys, just like Leo was, just like Average was. They're always a step or two behind. I'm just not a big believer in, you know, like Barry says, you know, they need to have a heavy guy on the line. I, I want to see how Palmieri performs uh, on the first line with Barzell. I'd really be interested. I mean, he has a quick release. Uh, he's not afraid to go to the front of the net. Uh, I, I want to see that. I don't want to see the guy that you traded for, the linchpin of that deal, and you put him on the third line. I, I, that I don't want to see. I want to see at least get an extended shot with Barzell just to see if they develop some chemistry. You can always go back to the other Ham and Eggers and put them on the first line. But let's see if we can get put Palmieri on that first line and see him if he can produce with Barzell. I really want to see that. I get that. I have a different take on the first line, though. And I had a I had a feeling they may put Zajac there because of the faceoffs. Um, but I actually have a different take on these lines that I think would be the most successful. I think it should be Pajot playing the wing on the first line. I think Pajot, who has played a fair amount of wing in his early part of his career, uh, you put him on Barzell's wing. Pajot's just as good a face-off guy as Ajax, so I got my face-offs covered. Did you see that goal Pajot scored against the Rangers? Yes. That one-time cross-body shot, top corner. He's very good at that. And since he's a righty, I think Barzell will be setting him up. I think Pajot will have a field day. I think he'll score a ton of goals playing with Barzell. I think keeping Eberle with Barzell and putting Pajot on that wing – would be a great first line. I'll tell you what I would do with my second. My second one would be broken up. Even though I know that line has played well, I would move Wallstrom up. I really love Wallstrom. I would love Wallstrom, Nelson, and Palmieri on the second unit. That would give us two power lines. And then the third line could still be effective. If you've got Pavillier on one side with his speed, and Zajac's got good speed, and he's very defensively responsible, you know, and you're playing with Bailey, I like that front nine that way. And then, of course, our, our fourth line, of course, the identity line. That would be how I put the lines together, personally. He's. I just don't think that Tr- – Trotz doesn't like to break too many things up. Uh, I, I mean, that's that's just the way he is. I don't know if there's a creator on that second line that you just described. Someone has to be a creator. That second line did nothing all year long until Bavillier went back up there. He started out slow. They were dead. He got injured. They're dead. He goes to third line. They spark. They move him up to the second line. Third line dies. Second line has a spark. We only have a couple of guys who drive lines on this team, and he's one of them. Uh, The Pajot to the first line intrigues me. I just don't see him taking him off that third line. He likes him centering that third line. I I just don't see that happening. But you're right. He could he could do that because he he did that with uh, when he was with Ottawa. He's really good on. He was. I mean. Of course, they were not a great team, but he was Mr. Everything there as well. And uh, he was the first line guy there. So, I mean, I, I think he'd fit in with Barzell. I just don't know if Zajac as centering that third line with uh, 
the king of the secondary assist. Um, I don't know. I don't know. That'd be hey, favorite lines ever created. I feel like. No, I don't hate Zajac yet. I, you know, he's what thirty-seven years old. I, I don't hate him. He's thirty-seven. I mean, what, what do you expect from him? Like Andy Green, I was pleasant. Here's the thing: I set my expectations to guys who are really old. You know, like my age. Uh, whenever they go out there on the ice, the expectation can't be up here. It, it's got to be here. So they don't upset me when they don't reach it. Well, you know, it's funny. I just gave him Bailey on the third line, like he's been begging for all, all the shows I watch with you guys. That's true. And I was always saying, put Bailey on the third line. I put him on the third line, and he still found a way to hammer him. But, but here's I didn't criticize him for being on the third line. I just wanted everyone who listens to the podcast to know who I was talking about. They know him as the king of the secondary assist. Um, <laughs> That that's the only. Yeah, I was about to say, if you start using their real names, you're going to get confused. Yeah, hey, everyone knows when they when they ask questions, they call them Croc, you know, average. They, this way, everyone knows who we're talking about. The Six million dollar man. Everybody knows who they are. Oh, goodness. You know, statistically, I have to correct you though, Gio. I mean, he's not the king of the secondary assists. He's I not statistically. Do you know who is? Brock Nelson. Oh well, I don't Brock even. Here's the thing, but Brock Nelson's not afraid to shoot the puck. No, he's got a good shot. But Brock Nelson's not a creator. He's not. He's and he never has been and never will be. He's a guy who shoots the puck. I yeah. always I mean, but here's the thing. He's really good. He's a really solid two-way center. He is, no doubt about it. I thought he struggled earlier. I still think he was hurt in some way, shape, or form. I mean, he just wasn't skating. And now it seems like he's got a little bit of jump. Maybe he was missing Bavillier. I don't know. Maybe he was feeling like TJ when John Tavares got traded. And as soon as he got his little hero back, Pavillier, all of a sudden he's able to just step his game up again. Perhaps that's what happened. I'm just telling you, Grump. You know, I'm gonna, last point here on this. Last one. Last one, Grump. That's all I'm going to say. Last one. Very last one. As long as we're not going back to Tavares. That was, that was the last point on Tavares, is what I was going to say. My last point on Tavares, Grump. You keep bringing it up. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and respond to it. Man, oh, man. Just makes you think. Right? What would this team have looked like? I, again, I'm not sure what the cap implications would have been. You, you wouldn't have needed. They should have made you happy, right? If we had a guy like Nylander, too. I mean, like, right? Maybe there's not as much of a pressure to sign. You know what I mean? In that offseason, we we had to go ahead and had free agents there of Eberly, Anders Lee, I mean, Brock Nelson. I mean, we would have signed back Brock, but maybe there's not as much pressure to sign back either those two wingers there, and you get a first and a second. So, I mean, again, he knew the entire time. That's all I'm going to say. But we have got some comments here, Grump. We You're did. right. I, I would have been extremely less uh, angry. I though I see. I love those deals. You get rid of a guy who's a free agent who's going to walk, and you bring in some young talent. That's perfect. That's uh, that's perfect world for me. Brian J wants to say, take that nasty soccer jersey off. Jeez, and I know that's directed towards you, Grump. You're the one wearing a soccer jersey right now. I don't care, Brian. You know I love you, but hey, Real Madrid qualified for semifinals and Champions League today. They're going to be playing Chelsea. Uh, and I'm a Real Madrid guy, so suck it. I'm wearing a jersey today. Sorry. I love Mike you, bro. says that Frank has more hair than everyone on this live stream. That he does. I mean, like, we could add all of our hair together, Tommy, Grumpy, and myself, and I think okay. Frank's going to beat. Okay. You know That's really not fair. I mean, we don't know how much hair Tommy has on his back, first of all. So, I mean, there could be more hair that's you know we don't know about. Uh, but yes, on top of the head, it's not like Tommy brings anything to the table with this at all. So, oh, I'll do it again. Come on. 
He looks more sweet. No, he doesn't. He, no, sorry. <laughs> oh goodness, Chrome couldn't even do that. Uh, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention the lines are open. Um, that's why I popped up that little call on their number at the bottom again. It's at three one eight six zero eight two two four five. If you catch a busy signal, I apologize. I don't have any setup where I could put it on like call waiting or anything like that. Um, but the lines are open there for call and guests. If you have comments or questions there for myself, the grumpy old man, or Coach Tommy Baffy, uh, Grump, you're about to say something. Yeah. Uh- you know, here's the thing. Everyone was like the bag on TJ, you know, for his shoddy production and everything else that he screws up on this podcast. But speak yeah. of the damn devil. Okay. All right. I don't know what that was. <laughs> I mean, maybe he did it on purpose. It was my soundboard by accident. I apologize. I was taking my phone off of the soundboard. Okay. Um, but if we could just limit like to one or two questions top and a little bit of conversation. And TJ's too nice to cut you off, so I'll give the cutoff sign when I've heard too much of someone. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean TJ's TJ's too sweet. He's too nice a guy. I'm just telling you right now. So uh, I'll have to play the Barry Badass here. I'll pretend like the callers are Matt Barzell, and I'll be Barry Trotz after he takes one penalty and scores scores five goals and has three assists, and we win eight to one. I'm going to make sure I that I'm going to treat those callers like that penalty. Oh, goodness gracious, grumpy old man. In rare form, as always, comment there by Mike M saying also, Hall looked really good in in the Boston game. The speed and the shooting were also there. Yeah, he didn't come back and play any defense, and the coach mentioned it after the game. So, no, no. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? Yeah, he wants to play offense, but like I said, if you're going to play here, you got to subjugate your game a little bit, and you got to play. That's just the way it is. And they have the same system in Boston. And the fact that the coach I thought I got this fixed. I thought I got it fixed, grumpy old man. Is it is it on vibrate? It is, it is on vibrate. Hey, you're live there with TJ the grumpy old man and coach Tommy Baffy. Um I'm sorry, Grump. I don't know how to work this, but hey, who do we have calling today? Hey, how you doing? It's Jersey side. What's going on? Hey, not much, not much. What, what do you have there for, my, for us today? Recently on uh, social media and Islander pages, I have uh, put out some Bailey stuff about, like, what do you think about Bailey after 13 years? And I am so confused what to think about it because half the people still hate him, half the people like him. Is this thing ever going to, like, be resolved with Bailey? I mean, what, what should I expect? Okay, I'll take. I'll feel that one. <laughs> why is Why is Josh Bailey loved by some and hated by others? You know what? He's a great guy. He's really a great guy. So he's very easy to like, right, Tommy? Would you not agree with that? Very likable yeah. fellow. Very. But here's very. the thing: he doesn't produce on the ice, and maybe it's the fact that the coaching staffs, all of them try to elevate him to play first-line roles, second-line roles, really all he is, be a good third-line player. That's why people hate him, because he, first of all, he won't shoot the puck. He's not productive. And for as smart as he is, I mean, that's what they keep telling us. Uh, you know, the media cartel keeps up how smart he is. Well, you know what? Then you can be a coach and not a player. I want guys who produce. That's why uh, you're going to see the dichotomy between we love Josh Bailey, we hate him. Great person. Eh, 
I, I, I answered the question. I just answered the question. I, I, I'm going to answer it short. There's never going to be a resolve because even people that are along the board and they kind of give like a, a, you know, he he is what he is type of analysis. There's going to be fans like you, grumpy old man. They're going to be fans who are always going to hate him because he's never performed to what his potential was. I don't hate him. I don't hate him. You might not, but there will be fans who do that. For certain, there are. You don't, but there I are. Rip, I, rip on his, I rip on his performance. But here's the thing. There will be resolution. It's called the Kraken because we have a history of Krakens in this area. He's going to be in the extension draft. My God. He's going away in the extension draft. The Kraken. <laughs> Any other questions there? From You said Jersey side? He He left. Oh, that's, see, he's he knows how to do it. He asks his yep. question, he gets off. That's the way he's supposed to do it, TJ. Fair enough, Grump. Well, he's uh, a professional, <laughs> and don't have that ringtone. I had to find a way to fix it. I thought I fixed it, Grump. I did not. I apologize there for that, Grumpy old man. David Cutler. David Cutler. It was David Cutler. We love David Cutler. You're live with TJ, the Grumpy old man, and Coach Tommy Baffy. How are you? How's it going? Not too bad. Not too bad. What do you have for us today? Mr. Baffy, what's cooking, pal? Oh, cooking is uh, – we're going to the playoffs, maybe first place. That's what's cooking. That's what I'm thinking about. Okay. All right. I don't – I give that trade a C. This is just me. We needed two left-wingers. We got a right-winger and a center. The center is really, to me, a fourth-line center. Uh, who maybe could replace Casey when he gets hurt in the, in the uh, playoffs like he always does. And uh, I would have liked Polino better, to be honest with you. To me, he's an Anders, clone, uh, an Anders Lee clone, a little smaller, plays a similar game, would have fit right in on that first line. And uh, uh, I'm not thrilled with the trade. Palmieri, to me, looks a little lost on the left side. Jack on the first line. I mean, this guy was playing on the third line on the last on the second to last place team. Now he's playing on the on the first line on a on the second place team. Not happy about it. Grump, you look like you agree with me. One thing I one thing I'd like to say about that: we had Leo Leo Komarov who was playing on the taxi squad. He was a first line player for us too. So I guess that's a step up if somebody's a third. Well, is it is it though? If you're a third liner on New Jersey, is that the same as being? a taxi squad guy for the Islanders. I mean, that's a really valid question. But I think Zajac is better than Leo Komarov. I do. Yeah. That's that's gonna those are the questions that Aristotle would ponder upon. From uh, I'm thinking about it. I'm going to be thinking about it the rest of the night. Or at least for the next, until the next call comes. Should, should I upset Islander fans right now for a Go second? Ahead. Go ahead, Tommy. Um, well, we are playing Boston on Thursday and Friday night, and and – I have to say this. Uh, Uncle Leo has played really good hockey for some reason against the Boston Bruins. So I'm just telling, I'm warning some of these Islander fans right now that, uh, you know, Uncle Leo might be in the lineup these next two games. I'm just going to give them an early warning sign. Well, I think, you know, that's very possible. Uh, Barry knows that, uh, that Leo's uh, boyfriend is on the other team and they like to, you know, do a little tongue kissing in the corners. So, you know, maybe you're going to throw him a bone there. I don't know. But who would sit in that instance? Hmm. Let me think. Who would we pop you know, it? Who would you know. Who's under the age of 50 on this team? Hmm. Maybe Oliver Wallstrom, perhaps. Oh, my goodness gracious. And I got a place to pick with TJ. You there, TJ? I'm there. I'm here. Uh, I don't get any credit. I named the fire hydrant, got no credit. 
I named the three amigos get no credit. I was about to and say. I'm just looking for a little credit, buddy. I was about to say, we need to go uh, just like, oh, man, I guess we haven't been doling out credit equally enough here, grumpy old man, because we had we had Jerry Springer calling in saying, hey, I need some credit for the ball jokes first and the hair jokes there first. And uh, we didn't go ahead and give him credit. Yeah, David, we do need to give him credit. The fire hydrant in full swing, as well as the three amigos. Now it's easy for us to go ahead and it's assimilate there and bring up those conversations, those talking points. So, David, we do have to go ahead and give you some credit for that for certain. Thanks, buddy. Take care. I'd like I'd like to just touch on that. That's the thing I love about this podcast, honestly. People could just call up. It's like we're all friends. You know what I mean? So we talk mad garbage about one another, PJ's hair, um, you know, me being old, and you know, everybody calls me whoever. So, you know, that, that's what makes this fun though, honestly. That's right. I forgot that David was the three amigos. I totally forgot about that. I was about to say. There Thank you. All right, boys, be good. Thank you. All righty, lines back open again. I had to deny a call there a second there. Um, but yeah, oh. Grump, one day I'm going to finally figure out how to make okay. it fixed. <laughs> hey, you're live here with TJ, the grumpy old man, and Coach Tommy Baffy. Who do we have? We got Brian Pauzer. What's up, fellas? What's up, Brian? How are we, uh, Coach Baffy? He almost made me crash my truck when I heard Leo was going to be in. <laughs> going to crash my truck when Leo was back in the freaking lineup. <laughs> Brian, I did that just please, for you, by please. the way. That was directed to you. I know. I, I, I know you did. I know. Me <laughs> <laughs> and you think the game the same way, buddy. We like speed, skill, and gold. That's what we like. <laughs> the sexy style of hockey. This team lacks that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're not fun to watch. Go ahead. Did you have a question? Well, if you're going to mix up the lines, I mean, we have too many right shots. I think like we got like six of our top nine shoot right-handed. How about if you're going to put? I, I don't mind the Pajot on the first line thing. That's pretty good with Everly. Uh, how about line two, Brock with Wally and Bo, and then line three, Travis. Bailey and Everly. I mean, or yeah, who am I missing? No, not Everly. Uh, uh, Tom Mary. Oh, well. oh uh, Tom Mary, yeah. Uh, what do you think? I, I tell you what, I, I, let's watch Paul Mary with Everly. Flip flop, Paul Mary with Everly. So Everly down. Everly down to the third line. Well, that's the end of him scoring. That's for certain. I just, yeah, well, I, I, I mean, I know if anybody goes out, it's going to be the kid. We know Wally's going to get screwed of any or before any of them. So. Yeah, he's already made his excuses like, oh, well, you know, he's tired. He's this. He's that. No. He's that. He scores yeah. goals. He scores <laughs> goals. That's the problem. He scores goals. Oh, no, I, I look, yeah. he's, he's 20, guys. So remember something. This is the most condensed. Yeah, I know. I know. I like a bar. A bar. He's never played a schedule like this. You know, you get Carter at 31, you get on the honors. Remember, Brian, he came from college hockey, Wallstrom. I want you to remember that, okay? So so I, I think you have to give, I know. Like, I give him a few games rest here, man, to get him ready for the playoffs, my friend. That's a good thing. We want we want Wallstrom fresh and in, in attack mode when the playoffs hit. I think Wallstrom is the key to our success in the playoffs. Why is he playing in the playoffs? 
I, I'm okay. If he's benched, if he's benched for the playoffs, I'm going to be disgusted. But if he's playing in the playoffs, I'm cool with that. But giving him two days off in the regular season, I'm all right. But he better be on in the lineup in the playoffs. We need a dangerous player like him in the lineup. I have a suggestion. Why don't we rest some of these old guys in the condensed schedule as opposed to a guy who's 21 years old? There's another option. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it's not like we're not like the old guys are producing. Maybe they need a rest. Maybe Josh Bailey, who scored once in the last 130 games on the power. Matt Martin. How about hit Matt Martin for a game? Matt Martin was terrible last game. He's a six million dollar man. He was terrible the last game. He was. I said it too. He was. It was, it was probably the worst game I've seen him. That was probably the worst game he played all year. He was bad. But like I said, and, and I love I love Matt Martin, but you know. Now, did Barry come out and rip him for those two really terrible lazy penalties? Nope. Of course, of course not. No. Only you got to be young and skilled to get ripped. That's. Thank you very much. That's why we love you on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for calling in, Brian. I appreciate it for certain. All right. Love you guys. Love you all three. You guys are the shit. All right. Thank you. Uh, is, is there any way we can send him an Uncle Leo jersey? <laughs> hey, I wear it. I wear it. I wear anything anybody gives me. Uh, I don't care. Goodness gracious. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Well, Grump, we have it. I'll tell you. It's, um... <sighs> Maybe one day I can finally get this fixed, Grump, but it won't be this podcast. I apologize. Obviously. Except press one. Hey, you're here there with TJ, the grumpy old man, and Coach Tommy Baffy. Who do we have with us today? Hey, it's Phil. How's it going? Hey, Phil, how are you? Good. I wanted to call back because we spoke pre-trade deadline the night before, and now that you guys are giving trade grades, I wanted to give my two thoughts on that based on what I heard from Grumpy earlier. Um, but before that, just anecdotally wanted to add, after listening to Tommy's story, um, I live here in Toronto. I have a girl that worked for me for a couple years who was a classmate of Tavares' wife, and at the time, it wasn't even a secret. It was very well known in Whitby that Thank she you. was coming back and that he was going to be coming back with her. Everyone here knew. And that's why at that trade deadline, I was furious because I had already known from the grapevine from the community in Whitby that that was going to happen. Very small world here. But in any event, getting back to um, the trade grade, Grumpy, I, I have to disagree with you on the B just in the context of this trade deadline. I would say with the exception of Iserman, who absolutely fleeced Washington in that Nancy deal, I can't think of any trade that was made where a team got better value than what the Islanders did over here, given what they gave up. Florida gave a couple seconds for Sam Bennett. It was, I mean, not a couple seconds, a second, and a guy who was picked last year in the second round. The Leafs gave up a first and two fourths for Felino. Taylor Hall's a different story because Taylor Hall got to choose his destination, and the entire time he was only going to Boston, so he really handcuffed Buffalo. But in the context of this particular trade deadline, I can't think of any team, with the exception of Iserman, who got better value. One yeah. of from that. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm not necessarily going to disagree with you on that. I'm just not a big Palmieri fan, I guess, is my whole thing. I just, I don't think, uh, you know, I, I hope I'm wrong. Honestly, I hope I'm wrong. I've just never, maybe, like I said, I've said this before, it's maybe that that, that devil's bias. We want, we want to pick up guys from a team that sucked for a lot of years. And it's just like, 
Uh, I don't know. I know he scores 25 goals, you know, a year with uh, Jersey. But, you know, with somebody's – I remember Marius Tchaikovsky used to average that many goals too for the Islanders, and he wasn't great either. I mean, they did fill their needs, and I'm not disappointed that we made the moves. I just didn't want to give up a first-round pick. That's all. And it was only because of the dearth of talent that we have in our farm system. That's really the only reason is we don't have any young, particularly offensive, young offensive players in the minors. And that's that was my whole, the whole thing for me. So I think this year, too, I mean, like the trade deadline was relatively quiet. I mean, like you look at the Mantha deal, I'm like, oh, wow, you know, that's kind of like, wow, you know. Yeah, but why? Blockbuster. But I mean, it's relatively quiet, this trade deadline. Yeah, but why, TJ? Because the salary cap is flat. And nobody could trade. Nobody could trade. They couldn't make big deals that they had to take salary on because everybody, with the exception of your Detroits and your Ottawa's, they don't have. They they're the only teams with money, so they're the only teams that could take contracts back. Everybody else couldn't. And I felt that's what that's what kind of hurt everybody. And Phil, you asked the question of who else made a better trade. I think again, I, maybe because people just are, are. I think Taylor. Maybe I just value Taylor Hall too highly. I mean, like a second round pick for Taylor Hall. No, I I, got a I I agree. Yeah, I agree. But Taylor Hall and and someone tweeted this out that night when that trade was made. Like, oh my goodness, is it? How could Lou not have made this trade? And I wrote back. I said, it's very simple. Taylor Hall had a no move clause. It's very clear based on the price here that Taylor Hall dictated his way to to Boston, and he was only going to choose Boston. I mean, if you just think of it from the time Taylor Hall hit free agency and signed that one year eight million dollar deal, he wasn't going to a contender. He was going there so he could play with Eichel and hopefully cash in. And then if you're looking at the teams that are in contention and where you might want to end up, well, Boston has $30 million in cap space next year. So I pointed out, hey, this is a place where he could sign long-term and play for a team that's in contention. It just makes perfect sense that he would want to go there and prove to them that he should get a nice big slice of that $30 million. With the Islanders, it's a pure rental situation. There's no way they could sign him back because they, you know, even if they wanted to re-sign Palmieri, that would be tough. So with knowing that, and then the next morning, all the reports ended up coming out that Hall forced his way to Boston. Buffalo was really handcuffed, and Lou could have come with a better package at that point, and they still would have had to go to Boston. Right, and that, that's what you're hearing. And he's already said he wants to sign long-term in Boston. So you're 100% on that. But think about it, right, TJ? If Anders Lee doesn't go down injured, we don't make a move. at the, We maybe go Coburn, but we're – but we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna pick up a high price player. We're just not going to. We couldn't fit him under the cap. No, unless we could get. You have, you have to offload. You have to offload somebody else there. You'd have to of. offload, and I think they would. Yeah. They, they might have. They might have because they were looking at guys like Gall, and I can tell you that right now. So they might have. They might have. They, they, there was there was certain players on this team that I know that were out there on the market that I I kind of don't want to necessarily comment on yet right now because it would probably shock some Islander fans. But I want to say Taylor Hall did the Islanders a favor. Um, if Taylor Hall doesn't go to Boston, the Capitals don't make that that dumb trade with Detroit. They don't make that dumb trade because uh, right. they, they, they might have gotten them. Then we got rid of a guy who killed us. We made the Capitals get rid of Verano, who killed the Islanders, and they coughed up their draft capital, and they gave up panic. I think Taylor Hall did the Islanders a favor, if you really want to look at it. <laughs> well, I think it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, giving up- go ahead, Phil. Please. I'm sorry. Yeah, Jimmy, giving giving up panic there wasn't uh, an asset move. They essentially included an extra pick and panic as a cap down. Panic was waived about three weeks ago, 
and had been on Washington's taxi squad. And if you look today, yeah. they re-signed Connor Sherry. So panic was not going to be in their near-term or long-term plans. And if you want to look for a template as to what it's going to cost to remove a guy like Leo Komarov, well, he's making about 200000 more than Panic with one year left. So if you figure that the second round pick was so that Detroit would take Panic in order so that Washington could make the money work long term with what they want to do this offseason, and that it was Verona and a first for Manta, which is still a ridiculous overpayment in my opinion, um, because there's not much that separates those two players. Um, you kind of get a decent template as to what it's going to look like when the Islanders want to offload Leo, something probably a little bit less than a second. But they don't have to offload Leo. He's a very easy buyout candidate. He's a very simple buyout candidate. Same with Tom Hickey. Those guys can be bought out with minimal hit. I like Leo's hit is still going to be about 1.6. Leo's buying out Leo versus burying Leo only saves you about 400,000. Hickey is where you get savings. Hickey's cap hit, if you buy him out, is about 833. Leo's cap hit is still 1.6, and then you have another year penalty. So I think they're going to want to move Leo. Um, Hickey, if they can't move him, I think they're just going to simply buy him out because his cap hit is only going to be a 33. Yeah. Okay. Now, two things I got to say. Number Again, one, I don't want to overstay my welcome. All right. Get off. I'm gonna get off. Get You're off. done. Thanks. Thanks. Two things. Uh, the first one is I'm really interested to see how Mantha's going to play with a team that has something to play for. Yeah. With some guys it has a positive effect on, some guys it has a negative. He's a big kid. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be watching him to see what he brings to the table there. And number two, Tommy, you don't come on this show and lay something out there on you'd be surprised which guys you heard were on the block and then you don't say anything. You got to give a name. I got real right. before we jump. I'm going to tell you. I'll give you, give you the name. Shout out there, Isles Misery as well. He forgot to do it there on the call to shout out Isles Misery. Okay. But, yes, I want to hear. I want to hear, Tommy. Uh, Bavillier was out on the trade market. That does not surprise me in the absolute least. Why? Because he's a guy up for he's He's this year's Devontae's. That's what he – now, see, that's who I was going to say. I was going to pick either him or Pellick. Pellick is – Pellick, they they love him. I mean, he is Barry's boy. They they want Pellick back. I can tell every Islander fan that, and he will sign a five or six year deal. We will not lose him. We will not lose Sorokin. If we're going to lose somebody, it's Bavillier. See, those are the t- those are the type of moves that absolutely send me over the edge. Like I go over Niagara Falls without a barrel whenever I hear news like that. Devontae's Anthony Bavillier. <laughs> But we are going to sign back guys, and we'll sign Casey Zizekas back. Yeah, you watch, you watch. They love, they love him. He's another loved one. If we if we could offer somebody, if we could offer Josh Bailey another contract extension, I'm sure that we would. But here's the thing: I just don't believe in letting go of younger, up and coming talent to keep older guys who are already at their ceiling and on the way down. And we did that last year, and it would not surprise me at all if we do the same thing next year. The two second-round picks for Devon Davis was a, really a bad deal for Lou. That's a bad deal. Can I say something here about this Zizekas thing? Sure. I want you to think for a second, guys. Do, do you think just maybe that bringing Travis Zajac in here uh, puts them in a better bargaining position with Casey Zizekas? Because if he don't sign, they can give Zajac a one-year, $1.5 million deal to be your fourth-line center. Zajac's not going anywhere but New Jersey or New York. He will not play anywhere else. 
due, due to where his family is. He will not do it. He only waived his trade is no trade to play here because of the location and the possibility to win. That's it. So we could get him dirt cheap and tell Casey goodbye. I just you know, you know, you know, here's, here's my question. I do have questions about it. Do you feel like the Islanders have done a good job, though, in actually bargaining, bargaining and negotiating deals? The only one, and the only reason I'm asking is, I think the Brock Nelson was a, I mean, it was a great value deal for us. But remember, yeah. we find Brock wildly inconsistent, still had a lot of knocks on him there until he was really able to go ahead and flourish under the Barry Trot system. But I'm looking, I'm like, okay, you know, you have to go ahead and offer Matt Bart. I hate to bring up the six million dollar man, as Grump would say. Uh, but I mean, Matt Martin, I know we get the four-year deal. I know after the first two years, it's easy to buy him out. I do get it, and that's kind of what the route they're going to do, probably in all likelihood. But I'm like, has there been any deal where you say, "Wow, the Islanders, the Islanders did a great job on this particular re-signing. They did a great job. They got a sweetheart type deal." I'm not saying every deal has to be like that, but I just don't I know. think we're going to do that. I think Pajot's deal is great. I think that was an excellent deal. The Pajot deal, five million dollars a year. A guy who plays I think, he's I think he's well worth that. The guy is a complete, complete hockey player. He plays every aspect of the game. If you can play him on the first line, the second line, the third line, the power play, the penalty kill, he wins faceoffs. He's tough as nails. Uh, I think the Pajot signing was well worth it. See, that's that's where TJ and I differ. I I love JG Pajot. I loved him when he was in Ottawa. TJ was against that deal, and I loved it. Uh, I was against a deal for how much we gave up. In principle value, if you give up a first and what was it, a first and a second round pick for a guy who's going to play the number three center role, I'm you know I'm not going to be a big fan of it. Just in general, I'm like if he plays a higher role for certain, I get it. He and again, this was before I knew how Barry was going to use him. Barry does a good job of making sure he plays more than the third line center role. I mean, he's playing what is he playing like 16, 17 minutes a night. So again, like you know, he's done a good job of incorporating him there. I'm just I don't know. I, I'm he, not a big fan of overpaying guys who play on the bottom six. Yeah, he's a bad guy. He's, he's more than a third-line center, I know. But uh, so, I don't know. That's where I guess I, I I guess I have my mental hang-up. Well, you know, here's the thing. You don't want to be paying your bottom line $10 million a year. I'm sorry. It's just a waste of funds. I mean, you could have anybody play 10 minutes a night. Bring, bring in three hungry kids and have them, uh, you know, play with their hair on fire. Bring in Simon Holmstrom. Oh, well, I'll tell you yeah. what. Yeah, go ahead. bring in Simon Holmes. They need guys to clean up the pucks after the game because Josh is too old to bend over, pick him up, and he's his replacement for that. We we did leave out two very good contracts, by the way. Uh, Adam Pellick himself, that was a great contract. Great that, contract. Wasn't that by Snow, though? Wasn't that a Snow deal? It was a Snow deal. Same with Mayfield's. I was going to say Mayfield's yeah. deal has been a great deal. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I was about to say. I think Gar Snow is, is – as many deficiencies as he had, man, oh man, could he low ball players? And again, the Islanders were miserable back when they signed those extensions too, though. So again, now now that they're playing better, I'm like, you know, they're gonna, they're, I think they're gonna warrant more. Well, I like I said, I I think those guys were, they were good deals without a doubt. I she think that the, it. I think the Pulak deal was bad. I, I think that was bad. You <laughs> let him go. That deals up in two years, and he's unrestricted. I know he supposedly loves it there, but. To me, that's that's a bad deal. And the Barzell deal was bad, too, because you let him go one year before he could be unrestricted. I don't know what he wanted, but whatever it was, he's the face of your franchise going forward. You get it to him. You have to, If you have to sacrifice some other guys, you have to. He's the best player on your team. You cannot let your last two marquee players walk. You can't do it. 
No, I have a question about that. You said the Matt Barzal deal was bad because he because he becomes a, a he, he gets uh, his contract expires when he has one year left of restricted free agency. I don't know. It's better than having a deal that really bridges him to unrestricted free agency like we've had there in the past. I'm not saying it's a great deal, but again, you know, it's unfortunate when you bring over guys that you know, do kind of handicap you further with the cap and, you know, you inherited some poor contracts there. I mean, it's going to make it tough and difficult. Um, I'll be interested though to see what Adam Pella gets paid this season. I really am. I'll give you a guess. Please do it. I think he gets six years, 30 million. That's fair. I was gonna say four and a half million a year to five. That's what I was gonna say. Yeah. I mean, now this year he's tried to be a little bit more uh offensive, and it's okay, he's not an offensive defenseman. Um, but he's good with Pulak. He is. I, I like Adam Pellick. I don't think he's been as good this year. I think he's been a little bit step slow. Maybe it's still the uh, Achilles injury a little bit, but I've seen him get walked around quite a few times this year, which I we never saw that previously. So, yeah. Um, go you ahead. Know, I, I say this. Uh, I think Pulak has been our best defensive defenseman this year. He's actually elevated himself above Pellick defensively, if you really want to ask. If people are really paying attention, they are the best defensive pairing from a defensive standpoint in the NHL. In yeah. the NHL. I mean, they've been, like I said, and I think they've taken, because I think Pellet's taken a step back this year a little bit. I thought they were better last year as a tandem, as opposed to this year. And for me, defensively, I think before he had COVID, Noah Dobson was right there defensively. He oh. just he is so he makes the right play all the time. He's he and for a kid, he's not even a man. He doesn't even have his man body yet. He's still a boy. And the way he's able to shield that puck and just do little things in the corners where he's able to turn the puck around the other direction, the sky's the limit for that kid. I love him. I think he's great. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, the, the vision I have, and that's why they they may have to go into this summer and try and extend Pulak after July 1st and try and get something done there. Because uh, to me, the vision of, of Pulak and Pellick and Dobson eventually with Samuel Bolduc, who I absolutely love, those as a top four for a long time, and they're all big guys. And I said, I, I'm not a smallest defenseman lover. I'm just not. They get pushed around too much in the corners. They get pushed too much around too much in the front of the net. I want that as my top four for a good six, seven years. See, that's why – see, I was dreaming, dreaming uh, Dobson and uh, Taves. See, I thought they would have made a really good defense pairing before, you know, we were forced to trade them because Lou wasn't smart enough to know that uh, Johnny Boychuk was not going to be able to come back and play and put him on long-term injury. Well, he didn't know the – we, we forget something sometimes – there is no way any of these GMs could have known the pandemic was going to hit and destroy the salary cap. We would have had about $7 million more on this cap to spend. If we had that, is Taze gone or is he signed? Well, who knows? I think he probably would have been resigned. But the whole thing is, you need to know, you need, he, Lou needed, needed to know that Johnny Boychuk wasn't coming back and playing again. He, he had to know that. You know? And it's like, okay, so you're going to trade. A building block who hasn't even played a hundred, who's maybe played 150 games in the league at this point, and is lighting it up. He's a plus 20. TJ, did you know he's a plus 24? And yes, I know plus, plus minus isn't everything, but he's a plus 24 with freaking Colorado. 
I mean, Colorado, think about Colorado's it. a good team, but yeah, he, he's he's got he's one of the highest plus minuses there in the NHL again. Thirty nine games played as they just pop up stats. You might not be able to see Grump because I know you have those really old eyes. Um, it's because the screen is so freaking small. It's not to do with my eyes. <laughs> it needs a little bit of both. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, I'll tell you, he's lit the world on fire. And what I worry too, and we knew he would. I thought we got. Bent over the barrel. And the, 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 the issue and the problem I worry, too, about the Anthony Bavillier is we are going to get fleeced again this summer for that deal because we are going to be juxtaposed against the cap. We are. And the thing is, I hate when you have to go ahead and give up a guy who's extremely valuable, like a guy like Devontae, who is a top four anywhere you go in the NHL. doesn't matter what team you're playing on, an un, undeniable top four. And you go ahead and get only two second-round picks back in return for a, a league where – Top four defensemen, especially young top four defensemen, get a king's ransom. I really worry about how we're going to be able to go ahead and leverage how other teams are going to leverage the unfortunate cap situation we'll be in if we do trade a guy like Anthony Bavillier this offseason. That's that why also, I'm sorry. Go ahead, girl. That's that's why you need to make sure that you expose guys who make some some money to the Kraken. Agreed. It, it, it has to happen. I don't care. You don't have a first-round pick to give up, but maybe you could give them a key for Bellows, who has no future with this team. Uh, maybe him and take Josh Bailey or Nick Letty. Is no, he's safe now after this year. Um, but he would have been a prime candidate. Somebody, okay, let's take that five, six million dollars off the cap. Oh, you know who knows calling? You know who's on the line? Lamarillo. Knows. Is it? Is he it low? He knows it's that time. He's like, hey, stop telling the company secrets. So, but I'm going to say it anyway. You got to move somebody who makes some significant money off in this offseason. It's the only way to make it work. I really wonder what Sorokin's going to get paid to. I, I really do. I mean, it, ideally, I've always said it. Is that only four? You got four, four and a quarter. For how long? What, a two, three year deal? No, it's got to be longer than four. He's going to get a four-year deal, very, very similar to that Halak deal we did, if you remember. It's going to be something in the range of four, 16, four for 18. And that's still, in the long run, that's a good deal for us. That's yes. a good deal for us. Here's my question for him. I mean, like, I, I try to look at it from his standpoint and point of view. He's going to be a guy that ideally, I mean, he want, he's going to want to get paid. I know he knows the, the cap's flat. Why wouldn't he just say, hey, just sign me a little bit more short-term because I know I'm going to be able to go ahead and get the issues I need to go ahead and get worked on in the offseason. What? I know, oh, the, okay. I know the answer to that because he's still not aware of the dollars and the ruples. So that helps him out a little bit until he learns the American currency. He doesn't, you know, he's used to getting the ruples. So now he's going to get pet American dollars. He really thinks he's rich until he learns the language. We keep saying ruples. I think it's ruples. I'm going to tell you another thing that people maybe don't understand about the Sorokin thing. Sorokin wanted desperately to be here. He Sorry. wanted to be in New York. Okay. He wants to battle Shesterkin. They are very, very competitive friends. He wants this Islander Ranger rivalry. He doesn't want to go anywhere. So look, he, he realizes that if he wants to get his big six year, seven year contract, he's going to have to take this four year deal at a, maybe a touch of a reduced rate. To, to prove himself to get that. And I have no doubt Sorokin is going to be an all-star goaltender. I have no doubt about it. And I'm telling you right now, that's one of the reasons that he wants to stay in this market. 
and he wants to he wants to be one of the stars of UBS in the new arena. Here, here's my thing. I mean, those type of things change. I mean, like he's young, first off, and again, like those rivalries. You know, the more and more he gets disconnected, I mean, like I'm sure there might always be a certain extent. But I mean, those type of things could change. They're fleeting. I just, I, I've always been a player where, again, if I'm looking at the player side, you want to maximize what you can get paid. I guess that was always my you know, my mindset is, hey, maximize what you can get paid. I mean, all those other things are trivial. But I mean, it's not always everybody's uh, everybody's uh, everybody's thought process. Maybe that's why you're not playing now because you didn't love the game. You're just in it for the money. Yeah, that's it. Oh. Why, don't you give, why don't you do another commercial for us Come now? On. DJ, other aspects to signing contracts, uh, where you're playing, can chance to win, your family. You cannot tell me that family does not play a huge part in where these guys sign. He doesn't have a family. It's, it's other things than money. Oh, he doesn't have a family. I'm just saying he's young like that. I'm just like, I think he's going to sign. If I'm him in his position, I'm signing a short-term deal, and as soon as that cap opens back up, sure, if you want to go ahead and pay me and shell out hand over fist for certain. I mean, how much longer does Varlamov have left on his contract? Three years, oh. right? Yeah, two after this year. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm in a two-year deal, and as soon as Varlamov is going after two seasons, I want to go ahead and make sure I'm getting more than what that was. Okay, I'm going to tell you what, and here, here I am again, speaking up for my pal Lou Lamarillo because I'm always on his side, as everyone knows. Hold but, on, is Lou Lamarillo watching the podcast? Are you being held at gunpoint? I'm not being held at gunpoint. Okay. But here's the thing. Lou gave him that good faith deal last year. And I think they know that he that he was wanted here. And I think they probably already, I don't, I don't know the numbers, but it wouldn't surprise me if they had already talked about an extension going forward after this year. That would not surprise me at all. Yep, 100%. So, and that's, and see, that's, and I mean, I think, you know, he didn't want to come here when Garth Snow was here. I think everyone knows that. And, but I think Lamarillo has done everything that he could to make it comfortable for him from signing Varlamov, to be in constant contact with him all the time. And I tell you what, it was one of the things besides uh, Stein and Barry, which I still think was his best move since becoming general manager here. I think number two was getting Sorokin here long-term. I really, I really do for, you know, guys he brought in from the outside. Yeah, for certain. I just, I, if I'm him, I, again, like this is just the position I would take. I'd say, hey, I'm signing a two-year extension. You know, you can go ahead and give me three and a half, four million per. But the thing is, as soon as Varlamov leaves, or I mean, like I couldn't imagine us re-signing back Varlamov after this contract, no? No, I don't think so. But by then he'll be comfortable. I mean, uh, here's the thing. You can sign any goalie, really. Here's the thing. What have I said before about any goalie that comes in here? If you're a good goalie, you can look great. And if you're a great goalie, you can be a superstar. And that's where I think Sorokin is. I mean, you see he does things out there that most goalies cannot do. He's so athletic. I mean, I, like I said, I know you've always called him the white whale. I'm like, hey, let's pump the brakes. And, you know, early in the season, all right, he had a couple things. You saw him making mistakes. But here's the thing. What do you see from him? His rebound control has been much better. He's angling pucks into the corners now. He's challenging shooters more, which he was not doing early in the year. Okay, and he's doing that now, and he's absolutely spectacular in shootout, without a doubt. Um, he's quickly. he's the most flexible goaltender I have ever watched in the history of this sport, and I'm I'm not afraid to say it. I I saw when I watched him playing in Russia, I saw Dominic Hasek. That's exactly who I saw. He reminds me of the guy, the kid in Youngblood, uh, with the that mask on, who was able doing the splits 
just before Yabo comes in and scores the goal on him. But I'm like, oh, man. But, I mean, you think about it. Right, he does those splits. I mean, he's like Jonathan Quick out there. Man, he's able to get that. I mean, he's, he's really, really good. He's really good. He's a building block, without a doubt. I want a blood test on him. I'm not sure what sex he is with those splits. That's insane. I don't know. It's probably that's, not, that's not possible for a man. He's, no. I, well, hey, I could do that, Tommy, if I was in, like, a car accident or something. I could do that. <laughs> just, not, just not by myself. I'd need some mechanical help. Oh, goodness gracious, Grumpy Old Man. I'll tell you. Yeah, I'll tell you. It, it's... It's interesting to see, though, that what happens this offseason. I mean, like, those are three big pieces. It doesn't shock me that Anthony Bavillier was uh, – his name was passed around out there. It just tells me what I expect going into the offseason. Um, I just don't want to move young guys. I'm sick and tired of moving young up-and-coming players to keep older guys on the team. I just – How sorry. happy would you be if we go ahead and, and trade off a guy like Bavillier and sign back Paul Mary Grump? Well, that, that's going to happen. I think that's going to happen, bro. I, I, I think Palmieri is getting resigned. Um, Palmieri is a Lou guy. He's totally a Lou player, 100%. We all know that he is. Okay, and Palmieri is from Long Island. He's from Smithtown. He wants to stay here. It's local for him. He doesn't have to do any crazy thing going from New Jersey to New York with this move. He's right here. He can pre uproot his family a little bit. He's got family already here. He wants to stay here, guys, and he probably will give a little discount to stay here. He's going to get a four- or five-year deal, I'm telling you right now. I just, again, another guy in his 30s to a four- or five-year deal. I just I just don't think – I just, I don't, I just don't believe in that. I think that's where you come from. I, I, and, I, and, again, like I see a little bit what you're saying, Grom, because when is this – when is this continuing to throw good money after possible bad going to ever end? And I'm not saying it's bad money at the time period, but I promise you, if you give another 30-year-old a four- or five-year deal – I don't care what type of financial wizardry you're going to do. You're going to continue to get screwed over every single time you try to offload assets. And again, you could play devil's advocate and say, well, at the trade deadline, you know, when they have a year left on their contract, you might be able to shell them out there and get some draft capital. I, I'm just not sure. I, I would rather have the more sustainable approach. And I think Bavillier does drive lines. He's streaky as hell. But man, oh man, when he's on, he can really drive it. He can really drive a line. You just said something right there. He's streaky as hell. If Lou hates anything, knowing Lou Lamorello, and I've watched him since the 80s with the Devils and what he did with that team, he hates players who only show up at certain times of the year. He can't stand that. I've known that about him forever. He wants consistency. I'm going to tell you what, TJ. That's why Lou Lamorello likes annuities because it's guaranteed what you're going to get. See, I'm speaking your language now, TJ. I'm you not allowed to talk finance on this podcast, so don't. Don't talk about it. I'm seriously stop. I'm not allowed to talk finance on this podcast. Anyway, moving along, Goldfield man. I don't think you understand how serious that is. What a film says here. Thanks, coach, there for wearing the Islander sweatshirt, looking good. Shame on you, TJ and Grumpy Old Man. Oh, what the hell? I was about to say, you would never wear any Islanders gear. I always wear my I always wear my Islanders collared t-shirt if I've got it. Or, you know, if I've got it out of the wash, maybe my Islanders, like American little Islanders uh, sweat or a T-shirt. But, Grump, you very rarely wear Islander stuff. I don't have a whole lot of Islander stuff. What can I tell you? I forgot to mention, this is another YouTube comment, Grumpy Old Man. Yes, I know. And usually, what of films is very complimentary to Grumpy Old Man. Now we're getting shamed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to ask what, how, how, what it likes my background for this show. I love it. 
I, I was going to comment on it, but it was really a snarky comment, so I held it to myself. <laughs> but it's, it's, it was so easy. I see the little the little twin bed there. You know, I don't know. It has a basement look to it. I don't know. It's um, not a basement. This is a condo on the on the on the beach actually here in Long Island. Okay, see, that, see, that doesn't work for my narrative. Like your mom's basement. See, it doesn't work for. It. <laughs> oh, grumpy old man. Oh. You hey, you drove me to it, right? That's what happens. I wasn't going to comment. I said, no, I'm going to be cool. Because whenever somebody comes on the show, I try to be nice. I really do. Oh, you know, I was going to tell you that it was Andrea putting me in the basement, which is, my, you know, it's, it's my significant thing. <laughs> she put me in the basement. I get in trouble a lot. I understand. Believe me. All he wants to know, Grumpy Old Man, was he eating mushrooms earlier? Because his thoughts must be absolutely crazy, Grumpy Old Man. If I was eating mushrooms earlier, I'd be tripping. Uh, so, but the answer is no. It was a hamburger and a hot dog that was prepared on the grill by my wife and you know it was either i eat before the podcast and you know even a little bit into the podcast unfortunately which i don't like to do because it really makes it look bad i mean it's a bad look let's be honest um, I but, you know I, I didn't want to eat it cold either because you ever try to reheat a burger that's been on the grill it's like no it doesn't work and the, the bun gets soggy Ugh, it's just not a, it's just not good I'm a three-bite burger type of guy. I just take one big bite. The first one is just a monstrous bite. The second, by three bites, I'm halfway through. Whatever. You go ahead and fit the next one in for another two, maybe three bites, and you're gone. Boom. Do you ever taste your food? Yeah, I do taste my food. Oh yeah. Really? I have a story where you didn't taste your food till you're three quarters done. Oh goodness. Yeah, we won't. We'll touch that out another day. Oh, thanks, Dan. Grumpy. <laughs> said, Grumpy, you have a light that spreads sunshine. And TJ, your light focuses on the bright side of the moon. Oh, I guess because of my hair. <laughs> fair enough. Oh, uh, fair enough there. Fair enough. And there, see, what are films? He's just redeemed himself. Yeah, and he says also Grumpy looks much more colorful and happy. I am happy. We haven't played in a couple of days. We haven't lost. Josh Bailey hasn't done anything bad to make me go crazy. So I am happy. I don't know how I'll be after tomorrow's game, though. David C. says we lose in the first round to the Pens. For some reason, I think we're going to win division. I don't know. I just feel we are. Wow. That's a, I'm very proud of Chrome for that. That is a positive, positive outlook from GOM. It's, I am very proud of you. It's truthful. It's tr I, tell, I tell people how I feel. I mean, sometimes they don't like it. Sometimes they like it. It's, you know, hey, some days I feel great. Some days not so good. But I feel we're going to win division. I just do. I don't know. You, you know something? Before you know something that, about that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But, but what you're saying right now is I think something that Islander fans, some Islander fans with the naysayers don't get about this team is that they really are a gutsy, together, hardworking team. And when you put them in these playoff rounds, whether it's the Pens or the Capitals or the Bruins, they're going to throw it. They're going to throw the kitchen sink at these teams. They're, they're not gonna, it's not, you're not going to say there was no effort here. And in these playoffs, Trots will have these guys ready. These guys are very close in the locker room, and I never had a problem. I think if Palmieri and Zajac were going to fit very well in that locker room, okay, along with Coburn. So I don't think they brought anybody in that could mess it up, could mess any chemistry up. I think the effort's going to be there like we saw last year. So I, I agree with the Broncos. I do think they will get through this division. Uh, that's what I feel like too. But I think we have to win division to get through. I don't want. I don't know how we would match up having to play both. Washington and Pittsburgh. I think that might be a bridge too far. But I think if we get Boston in first round, I think we beat Boston. 
Um, we've had the Indian sign on them all year. And you'll have Pittsburgh and Washington beat up on one another. Uh, and then we can take them. And then then we got to fight the 800-pound gorilla. Um, well, that will depend. I mean, what if what if we say we get past those two rounds and, and we end up playing the team from the Canadian division? What if we get that in the conference finals? I mean, are you really – honestly, are you really scared of any of the teams in that division? I'm, I'm honestly not. And even though I think Toronto has its best shot ever because they're going to be playing in that division to get out of it, that gives them their best shot. But this is this is Tavares's chance to get a cup, and that, I think after that he's got none, unless they keep this division together. But I think, look, how much would the NHL love a New York Islanders Toronto Maple Leafs conference final? Yeah, they'd like that. I see. I, it, have they even determined how that's? I thought we would play Tampa next. Seed goes by seeding. Oh, Reckon. Okay. okay. Hmm. Well. I, I had a comment. I, had I just don't want to play Tampa. Let me just let me just. I'll just put, I don't want to play Tampa. I don't want to. I, play you know, I get it. I don't want to play Tampa either. <laughs> I had a comment. I, I forgot. But that being said, the lines are open, guys. Again, that three one eight six zero eight two two four five. If you had any comments there or questions to say, there myself, Coach Tommy Baffy, or the Grumpy Old Man. Uh, going right back to comments. So what a film saying, TJ did a hell of a job on your Collins. Great first run. What a films must have missed last week's podcast where I struggled a little bit on it. <laughs> you know, like I said, I beg on TJ. It's tough. It's really, really tough what he does. I mean, you know, it's easy for me to pick on him, but he's doing everything. I mean, everything he does. Without TJ, there is no podcast. I say it often, and it doesn't make it any less true. Well, I do appreciate it, grumpy old man. Uh, Frank K. there says, if Arlov continues his with his vision issues, Sorokin continues to get better. Don't be surprised if Sorokin and the crushing Russian, the crushing Russian, is the starter. I'm not saying it will happen, though. Uh, okay, I see what Frank's trying to get. He's trying to get a, uh, a nickname in there. I don't even think he cared about Varlamov and his vision issues. I think that he came up with a nickname that he was hoping was going to work for Sorokin. It's close, Frank. Not close enough, though. We're going to find one. We're going to find one. I put it like this. I mean, can't, I just, there's sometimes that Sorokin, and again, I'm very high still in Sorokin. I don't, I, I just don't understand how he lets certain goals in. I mean, like, what was that shot there? Rister almost from the point where he just tried to deflect it. Again, like, fluky goals happen, but Jesus, man, I just feel like there's a, quite a few fluky goals that get scored on Sorokin. Um, well, you, you're talking about the first goal in the Ranger game? Yes. That thing was deflected by two different Islanders. Uh, okay, number one, with Dobson deflecting it. And I always I always say this about playing defense. Noah Dobson on that play is totally out of position. He's he's standing directly in front of the goalie, screening his goalie from the shot from the point, and he wasn't covering anybody. There's a rule, and when, when I played it, let the goalie see the puck. Get out of the way. Not only was he in his way, he deflected it past him. I think I think it was the Grump Grump stop. It's a different one. There is the one where he shot it from the point. He was standing straight up and down, tried to deflect it there with his stick arm. Uh, his stick it was fly. That was the that was the that was the, uh, the Flyers yeah, game. It was not the Rangers. Okay, Flyers. Yeah. I, I just think there's certain goals like that where I'm just like kind of left like, oh man, I I I, I think he's going to weed him out. I for certain he will. But I, I just I feel more comfortable long term with a guy like Varlamov and Net. I'm happy he's able to get some rest though. I mean, because you're. During the playoffs, you don't want to be playing, you know, uh, musical chairs with who's your guy that you rely upon during the playoffs. And I think it's going to go primarily there on Varlamov. 
And if things go south quick, I mean, that's when the only time we're going to see really Sorokin. All I'm going to say on that is Sorokin makes saves that Varlamov can't make. I'm just going to say that. He might let in a wiki every once in a while, but Varlamov's not infallible in that way. He lets in some goals that he shouldn't let in also. Uh, I And I'm not – I think he's going to go with Varlamov, but I think – I don't think you're going to see just one goalie throughout the playoffs. I think you're going to see maybe a two-to-one split. I, I don't think he's going to ride one guy the whole time. I agree. I, I think that in this case – Trotz will go with the hot hands. He will not play around. Look, we, a lot of this, you know Volomov well, and I think he's been really, really good for us. I think, honestly, he, he replaced Leonard and did an excellent job, and he was the biggest reason we got to the conference finals, in my opinion, Volomov. But there are certain telltales about Volomov. There's two. Uh, one is when that he'll give up a lot of short side goals when that angle is just a tad off, if you ever watch that. Okay, and that's when he's backing up a little too much and he loses his angle. And the other one is sometimes when guys are behind that, he will pull off that post too fast. I don't know if you've ever watched him pull off that, that post too fast. Those are his two telltales of when he doesn't have confidence. When Belomov is confident, he's damn good. He's damn good. Yeah, to me, when you see him second, yeah, second. When, he's, when he's going back into that, that's when you know it's not right with him. It, it's real easy to tell. Yeah. Um, but I just see Sorokin, his confidence getting better and better all the time. Definitely. I mean, I, like I said, best worst case, and this is what you want to see, right? I'm always looking to the future. Next year, Sorokin's your number one. I mean, if he plays well enough the rest of the year, he should be the guy who gets the lion's share of the starts going forward. I just feel that way. My prediction on what they do next year is I think Volley will play a little more than Sorokin in the first half of the season. But in the second half of the season, I think Sorokin, will, as he's now – got enough time here and enough time to adapt, they'll start to transition to him as the number one goalie midseason next year. That's my prediction on Sorokin. All right, we're going to hold you that, Tommy. We'll see what happens. We can. That's a prediction. All right. <laughs> I won't even say that's a hot take. What a Films also says, Pat Joe on the first line is brilliant there. Give it Tommy. Tommy B there. He's dipping the cap. <laughs> dipping the cap, Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think he fits that line, but what does it do for the third line? Uh, that's that's my whole concern. It's like mm, I don't know. And we also got a, a comment here from Scott Jersey side. He said, wow. "Tommy is the Howie Mandel of Long Island." You know what? <laughs> I remember Howie Mandel used to have that afro. Well, whatever it was, I mean, it, he used to have a whole lot of hair when he first came out. Oh my God, Howie Mandel! Thanks, Scott. I appreciate that. I really do. <laughs> And then Wood of Films also saying there, Brock Nelson's a quality player. I met him, and he's better looking without a helmet. I don't believe that. <laughs> he looks like Ichabod Crane to me. <laughs> like, uh, what can I say? I mean, Ichabod, Ichabod Crane's not bad looking. Ichabod what? Crane was known in the cartoon. He was known to be an attractive guy, no? Did you actually look at the cartoon? You know, I don't I don't have Ichabod Crane like the memory and the image of like the Ichabod Crane grilled into my mind. But give me a sec, Rob. I'll pull up Ichabod Crane, okay? Go ahead and tell me he doesn't look like Brock Nelson. Well, he's a quality player. I will say that. And I was hard. TJ was Brock Nelson's number one supporter for years and years and years. Credit is credit credit due. I didn't see it. I I always felt he was good at scoring goals when we were down three or four. He might score two, so we'd only lose by a couple. And Barry Trotz, his system is tailor-made for him. 
without a doubt, the player who made the greatest improvement uh, overall as a total player is Brock Nelson. Tell me. I, this. Tell me. Right there. There he is. Right there. Brock Nelson. There he is. Tell Dude, me. Nelson, Nelson and Pellick. Adam Pellich made also the greatest strides as a player under Trotz's system. Those two specific players. And I think Brock and there are some similarities for Brock's early career to Bavillier's early career. Wasn't Nelson extremely streaky when he was first here? It was an inconsistent type of game. Trotz just leveled his game out and got him to refocus. And I think Nelson, since he's been with Trotz, has been, other than some little small spurts of bad play, has been one of our most consistent players. You know, that's where Bavillier needs to get to, in my opinion. I think Bavillier is capable of getting there. Don't get me wrong. But I think that's not uncommon for a young player. Right. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. And yet he was streaky when he was younger. But I guess the fact that, to me, I always thought he should be more. Um, maybe because of just of his size. He was never real aggressive in the corners. Wouldn't really stop. I mean, I remember him getting bullied a lot as a big guy. I'm like, come on, Brock, fight back. I just, you know, hey, if you're big, use your damn size. Where Bavillier, he's going to give it. It looked like Brock was never given 100% effort all the time. That's what I'm saying. Where you can't say that about Bavillier. You just can't. Here's another one with that that I, you know, since the Islanders have so much versatility with this lineup, right? They do. They have a lot of guys that can be interchangeable in a lot of positions. I mean, another thought to me could possibly be Nelson playing with Barzell because Nelson's shot is so good. Think about Barzell setting up Brock Nelson a lot. I just, I just don't see him breaking up that. I, I, they like him playing against the top line as that second line. I, I don't see Barry doing that. There's a lot of things you could do, but I just I don't see him doing that. I yeah, he, probably, he probably won't. I agree with you. I doubt that he would do it, but it's just something that I look at and I go, I bet you Nelson could score a ton of goals playing with Barzell. Yeah. Love to see if anybody, I mean, if, if Matt Barzell was better in the face-off dot, I would love to see a high-scoring player there, a player with a good wrister. I mean, on that line, I just imagine what they're going to do with that open space. I said it when Palmieri was traded there to the Islanders. I'd love to see him there on the first line some capacity. And I'm not going to fault Barry for not having him on the first line right now. I mean, he's got his reasons. You know, we'll see long term how that pans out and works out for him. But I would love to see a guy with a real deadly shot there with that open space when Matt Barzal is able to draw defenders his way, what they're able to do with that open space and opportunity. That's going to happen down the line. And I think we know who, what player that's going to be. They will be grooming Oliver Wilson to be his first line right winger. I promise you, that is a down-the-line thing maybe one or two years from now, but he will be Barzell's primary winner. No he, doubt in my mind. He's a, he would be a perfect complement for yeah. Barzell, without a doubt. What a film says there, I call – but I'm in Canada, so it's going to cost me, LOL. So what a film's not able to call in there, grumpy old man. We love Canada. I love Canada. It's a great country. <laughs> Patrick V says, who's going to sit there for Colburn? Will they play seven defensemen? Yeah, I, I think what it enables them to do is to rest certain guys down the stretch. That's that's what it enables. You sit in Andy Green for a game. You sit in Mayfield for a game if he's struggling, even though he's picked it up recently. I would even sit Letty. I mean, Letty's had some bad games recently. He looks like he needs a little bit of rest. I don't think you need to worry about Pulak and Pelic, uh, Dobson. 
I think since he's come back from COVID, hasn't been as sharp as he was previously. But I'm loath to sit him down. I just think he needs to continue playing. But that's what I think you're going to see from Coburn. And I think you should keep these, get these guys fresh for the playoffs. And I think he will be a benefit in the playoffs. Nobody stays healthy throughout the playoffs. No, especially the longer you go. Man, oh man, you can never look at it. These guys at the end of the yeah. end of the season, like the Stanley Cup Finals, the injury report comes out and says, "Oh, Ryan Kessel was playing there with uh, with a hernia and a torn groin, and oh, Alex Edler was playing a game with broken hand." You know, you see that all the time. So, there's, I, I just want to say, there's one team that didn't uh, get any injuries in the playoffs last year because they didn't even show up. That was the Capitals. Yes, they okay. didn't show up. They didn't. They, no one got injured there. Matter of fact, I think they healed up. Yeah, I thought the Letty thing was a great point. I thought the Letty thing was a great point. His last two games against the Rangers, he looks exhausted. He looks tired. He might need a game or two, a break. I don't think Noah Dobson ever needs one. I, I want to remind people about Dobson. You know, in juniors, that guy was playing 30 to 35 minutes a game. I don't know if anybody remembers that. That's how much hockey that they trusted that kid with. You know how hard it is to play 30 minutes a game as a defenseman? And he did it. Yeah, and his effort, his his effort level is up now from where it was in the juniors. I remember watching the Memorial Cup a couple of years, and it's like, okay, this kid could be good. I wish I'd see another gear from him. And he's always going to be a guy who seems like he's not doing a whole lot when he actually is because he's so smooth. Uh, his transition from defense to offense, I mean, it's like three strides. He's at center ice, and it looks like he's not – it looks like he's not moving, but he's flying out there. He's a top four parent defenseman next season. Yes. 100% he is. And it's funny, too, when you think about that, a few of the characteristics you had, not all of them, because the person I'm going to mention was not a good skater. But you mentioned, oh, he was so tactical the way he moved. You know, you wondered if he had a second gear. He was, you know, he was able to keep himself in good position. Griffin Reinhardt, they used to say the same exact stuff about Griffin Reinhardt. Good move. We all knew that, but they always wonder him like, oh, you know, he's just always so tactical. He's so smart out there in the ice, so he doesn't have to exert too much energy. He's been able to be a workhorse. We heard the same exact thing about that ultimate bus. But again, no adoption could skate. Observation here. In, in, in a way, Griffin Reinhardt turned out to be one of the best draft picks the Islanders ever made because yep. that's what got us Matt Barzell. Yep. And we got Bavillier too. That's right. Barzell and Bavillier because of because of that player. Very unheralded trade by Garth Snow. His best one. Yep. So when you go ahead and release the uh the most underrated Islanders of all times, so you're gonna tell me that uh that Griffin Reinhardt needs to make that list now because he brought us here the trades of, of Matt Barzal there and Anthony Bavillier, huh, Grump? No, let's Put not don't try to put words in my mouth, all right? Don't ever try to do that ever again. That's not what I said. What a film's got a nice comment here. He says, if the Islanders win the cup this year, Grumpy has to wear a Josh Bailey jersey for every podcast. And I want you to wear it to where you can see Josh Bailey on the front, not just on the back. I want it to be double-sided Josh Bailey. Or I want, you know what, Grump? I know I said I'm working on the shirts. And I am. I am working on the shirts. But we have to make one specifically we could just make one copy it says josh bailey and maybe it's a little equal sign elite winger and we'll have to have you wear that every single podcast if the islanders win the stanley cup how about that grump so hold on so this means that josh bailey doesn't have to do anything in the islanders win the cup because i mean that's what you would say right 
And that wouldn't surprise me. We'd win the cup. He, I don't expect him to do anything. So oh, God. He had a good playoffs last year. Come on now. Give him credit for he that. He led us in points last year in the playoffs. I don't care. I don't care. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They got, they got, he played well against uh, – who they play well against? He played well against Washington. You're going to tell me he barely didn't have a very good playoffs last year. Uh, he, was, he was okay last year. He was okay last year. And I was I don't even think I was ripping him until we got to play Tampa. Then he turned into the Josh Bailey we know and love. No, I mean, personally, I thought Brock Nelson was the best player throughout our playoffs last year. I thought he was our number one player in the playoffs. That was my my personal observation. I don't know if you think differently about it, but I thought but I thought Bailey had a hell of a playoffs. That line was very good in the playoffs. Yeah. That 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 line Everly, Everly killed it, and so did so did Bavillier. I mean, like yeah, in, spots in spots. Yeah. Bavillier was hot for a while, and then he cooled up. Mass Bavillier, and the same thing with Everly, right? He's the same type player, very streaky. Um, you know, is what it is. But Bavillier had a tough Tampa series. He's a question for you guys. Can we put Josh Hosang in our lineup? No, we're not putting oh, Josh Hosang anytime soon. Oh, goodness gracious. I just figured we'd go ahead and bring that up, though. Yeah, we're getting a lot of those Bavillier streaky there Frank is bringing up. Yeah, for certain he is. Oh, the call deal isn't as interesting as sharing comments. Go back to comments, TJ. This is boring. Oh, the calls. Oh, no. I feel like the calls add a little something special. Oh, Phil Fax, Derry Tunes, and he says there the Everly uh, Everly's deal was very good as well. Resigning him, resigning him to the contract he's on currently. Yeah, it was a fair deal. It was a, it was a fair contract. Was it five and a half or five five and a half for no. four years? But uh, five, five for five, I believe. Okay. Now here's the thing, though, right? Why does that work for a guy like Everly? Because he's not a guy who takes physical punishment. He's more of a, a guy, you know. He's more of a skater. Those guys age better. The guys who don't age better are the Anders Lees. The, uh, you know, guys like that. Tom Wilson's another one. You give Tom Wilson a seven-year contract when he's 31 years old or 29 years old, that's not going to work out either. It all plays, depends on the type of style that you play. And that was really my biggest concern with uh, Andrews Lee is the fact that giving him a contract like that is not going to age well. Just like John Tavares' contract is not going to age well for Toronto. just isn't. We got a comment here from Tom White. Now, this is a little bit of a callback to the Ryan Pulak. It says there, Pulak is from my hometown. Right after getting eliminated last year, uh, when he came home, he told me that re-signing, that he was re-signing and hadn't talked about the contract yet. He loves it there and will stay. The only way I see him leaving is if he decides or if they decide not to want him. The only thing I want to say about that comment is that it's so big that it cut out my face, and that's never happened <laughs> to the podcast. So we can remove that. Thank you. Uh, uh, I heard the same thing. And what does that say about the culture on the Islanders? Because that's a, to me, that's the biggest thing that people don't appreciate. And I think that really makes Islanders fans, Islanders fans. It's like, everybody is like this. Not, I mean, sure. They're jerks, jerk fans like Tommy Baffy, but you know, for most people, you know, Everybody loved the Islanders. I mean, we all love the Islanders, right? But the players are the same way. I mean, I feel there's such a tight-knit group. I always say, right, I joke that it's like the beer league because they're all friends out there, and that's the way we play sometimes. But still, I just think that that kind of – you that camaraderie that they have breeds people to want to stay. You heard the same thing from Barzell when he signed his deal. Same exact thing. They don't want to leave. And right. that's really – 
that's different than it was in the past. Yes, it's culture now. And yeah. I mean, as far as, you know, we talk about the Islander fan itself, I still think there are many Islander fans that are st they're still naysayers. They're not yet comfortable in believing that what's going on with this team, that this team is actually a contender. You, you may say they're not the top Stanley Cup contender, but they are a contender. And when you're winning multiple playoff series in a year, that makes you a contender. I still think the Islander fan is programmed to think what's going to go wrong next. We It's 25 years of abuse. It's going to take five to six years of success to, to beat that out of most of these fans. But what I've always said about Islander fans is this. We might not be the biggest fan base, but we are the most enthusiastic fan base. Most we get in that old barn, nobody is louder than we are. Nobody. Yes, very true. We have a quick comment here. Just say, uh, Matt, uh, Matthew there, S saying, Grumpy Man, what soccer jersey is that? That is Real Madrid. I'll answer that. And we have a question that I think is a philosophical question. Oh, I love these. I've heard, yeah, again, uh, Scott there from Jersey Side says, Belmont will attract more free agents to the Islanders. Now, for the longest time, Islander fans have heard the reason why the big free agents don't want to come and play is because the state it's because of the arena. You know what I mean? They, they just didn't have it. They didn't match up there. And again, everybody's always thought that this is the last piece of the puzzle. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'll ha I'll let Tommy take a crack at this first, Grump, and then, or, and then I'll we'll go to you there. Right, Tommy. I'll give you two two responses to what he's saying about this statement. Yes, it will. Maybe not as much as you think, though. But it, it is going to be a more desirable place. Play. When you have an updated state-of-the-art corporate arena, you're going to have more players that want to come there. That's just 100% fact. We've seen that happen all over the place with teams opening up new arenas. And the second part is that this does give the Islanders uh, a finally, finally, financially, just like them getting a $400 million naming rights for the arena, you know, from a Swiss bank, it finally gives the Islanders a uh, a positive money flow that they're going to be able to compete better. And I also, I, I had touched on this when we were kind of having a powwow yesterday that I've always felt the Islanders have gotten uh, the short end of the stick on calls from officials. And I've always said the biggest reason I believe is because they're always losing $20 million a year. That's going to stop when they get the U of UBS in Belmont. They're going to be a, a cash cow for the NHL and they'll be treated differently. Interesting take. I, I, I hadn't thought about that. Um, I think the thing that most players want is financial stability first. I mean, I, I think that's, I love when they say, oh, he'll never go there because the coach is crappy or this, that, and the other thing. Yeah, maybe it depends on the contract or how old you are. But, you know, the amount of time that players have to earn money is finite. And if well, everything being equal, they're going to take the most money. Everything being equal. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know how Belmont – I think it will help in some regards. I think the culture helps also. Uh, but if you're an offensive player, are you going to want to sign with the Islanders if you could play the same style? Like, let's say, Colorado, if you're an offensive player. Would you rather sign with Colorado or with the Islanders? You probably want to sign with Colorado if you're an offensive player. I mean – so you can have more freedom to your game. I, I'm just I'm just throwing a scenario out there. I think that makes sense. I think a lot of things come into focus, but I think money is the most important thing, and I don't blame the players at all. That's why when guys leave free agency, no problem at all. You earn that right, 
It's not like the 1970s hey, TJ, I'm going to tell you. I remember waking up reading the daily news during the winter uh, trade, uh, the winter meetings for baseball and seeing a big four or five team trade. That was so exciting for me. There was no internet. Uh, they didn't have round, they didn't have ESPN. It's like you had to read the newspaper next day to see a massive trade. And it was the greatest thing ever. That's the only way there was movement in sports teams was through trades. Players had no rights. Now they do and they use them and good for them. Oh, grumpy old man. I'm sure it was a much simpler time. No internet to go ahead. Oh, much simpler time. Much simpler time, Grump. I'm saying that's all I'm saying. Yeah, keep it simple for the grumpy old man. He, he had a wagon with wooden wheels back then. Come on. Yeah. Uh, that's right. And they weren't even rounded yet. They didn't even invent the wheel yet. <laughs> Brian B says, I like Pajot on the first line. Palmieri on the second, I think, is definitely is worth a look. Definitely. Great show again tonight, guys. Do appreciate it there, Brian B. Uh, grumpy old man. What do you always say about Brian B? He's my brother from another mother. He's my brother from another mother, as Grump always says it there. Um, yeah, I'll tell you, though. I'm just not sure about the arena. And again, I'm, I wonder if it's just because during my time period, I've never seen, you know, the Islanders been a place there where it's like a, a free agent destination. And I'm not sure just maybe because it's not a huge market. I know that the arena, hey, we're going to be cash flow positive. They're awesome. We're going to be making the league money. Awesome. Maybe we'll start getting some calls. Awesome. When I think about it, though, you know, I, I'm just not sure if we're ever going to be able to compete when it comes to free agent destinations with you know with the rangers let's say you know if we have let's say we're playing a scenario you go ahead and pick the clock back to when panera was a free agent and ubs is open it's running everything's going great do you where do you think he signs and again let's i know rumors are no matter what he was going to go play because he wanted to play in madison square garden his wife or fiance likes the high fashion and lifestyle there in the city i mean do you think we really do compare when it comes to free agent destinations with the rangers I say we go to Conspiracy Theory TV and see what he has to say about that. Oh, stop. Okay, well, I guess I'm going to have to give you a little Panarin story here, but I'm going to also say something here. Um, when you want to talk about worrying about what's going to happen with the arena, right now, currently, the Islanders have 6,000 season ticket holders at Nassau Coliseum. Okay, that's, that's, that's the figure. They already have 11 at UBS. Already have 11. That should kind of give you an understanding of the impact of the new arena. And that's all obviously at higher prices and they have more suites uh, and the seats are going to be more expensive downstairs and the whole routine. So uh, I think that so far they're passing that test. But as far as Panera, and a lot of people in the drive for five, and I'll mention the drive for five, um, know this story because I was one that had posted, be, you know, that Panera had agreed to terms with the New York Islanders. And uh, the story behind that is, is really very simple, that if you know the Dolans, okay, and Jimmy Dolan owns both the Knicks and the Rangers. And ironically, at that time, there were two big free agents both ways. There was Kevin Durant going at that time, who the Knicks were going after. And Jim, James Dolan has always put the Knicks above the Rangers, for you all to know that in his ownership. He loves his Knicks. Okay, and he was being focused on going after Kevin Durant. He was not focused on Panarin. The Rangers' contract they had on the on the deal for Panarin was three years. That was the term they had offered him. The Islanders believed they had him. They offered over twelve million a year for Panarin for seven years. Panarin agreed to that deal with the Isles. That is fact. Okay, and what happened was 
he lost Kevin Durant to the Brooklyn Nets. And for Dolan, he could not stand the thought of losing Durant to the Nets and then losing Panera to the Islanders and being in Manhattan. And, and it, it would think about what, how that would have made him look in the papers and all that stuff. He literally signed Panera to, to get a back page that was a positive back page. That was the reason he did it. He did it at the last hour. Panarin was on his way to the Islanders, and we lost him because of that. We lost him because of Kevin Durant. Oh, see, that's painful. I did hear that. I, I did talk. That's why I gave it to Tommy because I knew. He okay. had that. I was about <laughs> to say, I'm like grumpy old man. The fact that you were on with the, I mean, like that. That's a conspiracy theory if I've ever heard one there, Tommy. I mean, like, it's true. It may be true completely, but I mean, that's something that's that has true. passed my lexicon of thought. And Grumpy Old Man throws that there. Okay. So Grump knew that was where you were going with that. When he said that originally, I'm like, come on, Grump, go ahead and show Tom, Coach Tommy Baffy a little love. Come on now. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. Yeah. See, there you go. That's that's the Tommy Baffy segment, Conspiracy Theory TV. I go right there. <laughs> You got to go ahead and get. You got to go ahead and get the rights. Uh, Scott Levy there says Brock is tall and lanky and get blown over by the wind. And the worst thing is, you know, he has to be has to watch out for those flaming uh, pumpkin heads getting thrown at him too. So he's got a lot of things he's got to deal with. Ichabod Crane. I'll tell he, you. he does look like Ichabod Crane. <laughs> oh. Come on, he does. But he'll his he'll always be my beloved Croc Nelson to me. So. Oh goodness gracious! I'll tell you. Oh. Jesus, TJ, you have a Brock Nelson jersey? I don't. No, I don't. I don't have anybody's jersey. I never had like a, again. Like you know, we're talking even way far back. I've never had anybody like on the back of the jerseys or anything like that. I've never. I've also never been a big jersey hockey. Uh, people wear hockey jerseys, and it's funny, right? I see them like walk around. And I'm like, where I am in the middle of the country, there is nobody who's a hockey fan towards me. And you see somebody wearing a hockey jersey. It's like seeing somebody wearing like a neon green soccer jersey like Grump's wearing right there. And I can't help but think to myself, I'm like, oh, wow, maybe this is a fellow fan. This is a fellow fan with me. And I'm like, oh, you're a fan of you know, the fire. You're oh, no, I just wear it because it looks cool. I'm like, fair enough. I, I always get hot and sweaty when I'm wearing like a hockey jersey. So I've never been like a big like jersey guy. Like I'll wear them in the actual arena. But that's few and far between where I go, oh, Grump, did I bore you to death? FYI, yeah, you did. FYI, this is not a neon green. It's mint green, but thanks for playing. There's reason why we don't ask you questions. <laughs> I did want to make a proposal to you two gentlemen because um, uh, with the group that we have at the Driver 5, I mean, we do a lot of different things. You guys you know, you guys know we do the viewing parties in our tailgates, which our tailgates are an hour tradition, which have been kind of cut off for a while due to the pandemic. So we're finally having our first tailgate on April 24th for the Capitals game. We're excited about doing that. Before the pandemic, we were doing a lot of road trips. So I want to make a proposal to you, too, that if we, we had done one for the Carolina playoffs and we went to Carolina and had a huge tailgate. Ledecky actually came. Brendan Burke came. Um, if we go back to Carolina, I'd Absolutely. like you two to come visit and join us for that. Absolutely. I'll make it. I'll make it out there for certain. Oh, Grump! By the way, I forgot to tell you. I already made you a guest appearance there, Mikey Ryan. They're doing something, uh, a meetup. I said you'd be there. I think May first. So I, I don't know if I told you that, but no time like the present to let you know. You have something to do with Mikey there from the Bar Down Breakdown and the creator there, the Islanders Meetup Group. He said he wants Grumpy Old Man there. I said, yeah, I'm sure Grump can make it. No idea knowing if you could or couldn't, but I just assume Grumpy. You're usually glued to the couch. So I feel like, hey, we could glue you somewhere else. 
Really? You want to go glued to the couch, do you? <laughs> it was easy. I'm sorry, Carl. It was easy. We got a comment here from David T. Also saying the Islanders signed the signed left wing there, Colin Adams, to a two-year entry-level contract. There was drafted in 2016. Yeah, I did see that two-way or two-year two-way deal. Yes. Yeah. man, can't say really. I paid too much attention. He played well. What was it for? Uh, is it um, North? Was he playing for uh, North Dakota? North Dakota. North Dakota, and he, I believe. I think he had 33 points in 29 games. He actually had some very nice numbers. Small guy, but really stocky and a real bulldog type of a player. You know, I mean, look, it's still a crapshoot whether he's going to become an NHL caliber player, but I actually think he's a pretty good prospect. I really do. I like this kid. I will say one thing. I've talked about him. I was bullish on him. I guess you could say two years ago. Bullish. Maybe two or three years ago. Otto Koivla. I wonder if he's ever going to get his shot there in the NHL. I mean, like you'd like to see, preferably, get, he's a bottom six guy, but I just don't think he's ever going to get the shot. Maybe not with us. Maybe with somebody like Seattle, he might. Um, that's another guy they can use possibly to offset a contract. You know, with with a young upper team, cracking team. That that's something I thought about with Otto. I I wanted to make though my comment of the night because I watch this you guys show a lot. I really enjoy it, and I have now decided that grumpy on that couch it's very comparable comparable to al bundy on his couch they're now the two most famous couches in the world my hands are not in my pants though <laughs> okay so don't don't let's not go that far oh goodness gracious al bundy you're not a throwback oh my god that's i like i like it <laughs> al bundy was great i mean think about ed o'neill's career right he goes from al bundy to modern family. I mean, think about that. that. That's like 25 years of television right there. I mean, how great was that? Awesome. And the second show, he got the hotter wife in the second show. <laughs> hey. Anyway, comment here from David K saying, yes, nothing louder than the Coliseum. I remember when they originally created UBS there, they wanted to have it where it still had that Coliseum S type of feel where they wanted to make sure it was as low as they could possibly have it. So when the fans are yelling and chanting, it, uh, it makes sure it makes it down there on the ice and it, it's ringing in the players' ears. Yeah, there's something special about the Coliseum, though. The jam concourses, the leaky bathrooms. I mean, you know, hey, that's home. Tom mentions an interesting point too. State tax structure plays into players' decisions. Also, I remember yes. people always bring this up too. Whenever any, you know, we'll call him big player, but anytime someone signs there in Florida, like no state tax, obviously has something to do there with that. Uh, you know, it's always something funny to think back. I mean, the honors are never going to get on luck on that side of the draw, but still, I mean, it's something that doesn't really go into much consideration because, I mean, hell. You could sign a less expensive deal there in a place in Florida, obviously make more after tax than you know, if you were in New York. Unfortunately, the way it is. Yeah, that, and you got Tom Brady playing quarterback for the Buccaneers. Who wouldn't want to play with a winner? And then to get more money. Hey, I'll take a little bit on the front end. We'll be a better team, but I'm making the same money because I'm not signing a big tax state. That is my biggest complaint, by the way, about the CBA. The CBA should be structured around that. So teams that had that advantage should not get that advantage. The Islanders should be able to spend more money than Tampa because Tampa has the no tax rule. And that allows you to offset the tax structure to allow players contracts to be equal. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah, I know. Scott brings up a really interesting point here. He says, will the UBS arena have sections dedicated to Bill Torrey, Al Iver, and Charles Wang? 
It's gone, not mine. <laughs> Sorry, grumpy old man. Go ahead and keep correcting. You know what? Honestly, I don't think that's a bad idea. I really, I really, I would love it. I'd love that they if they would pay homage there to like some of the, the members of the, you know the Islanders Mount Rushmore there and have like certain sections. That would be so cool. I think that would be if Islanders media or if what? Islanders their uh, if their um, arena. What the hell would they call that? I don't know. Uh, okay, here's the thing. Look at the Mets. Right, they have City Field. Right, who's in the rotunda in City Field? Do you know? I know some of them that are in there, but it's, it's actually it's Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson never even played for the freaking Mets. I know. I always laugh at that. I, I kind of make fun of that. They okay. have a play. They never played for them. When you think Mets, it's Tom Seaver. Of course, Seaver is Mister Met, the franchise. That was his nickname. Was the franchise? I never understood that. Now here's the thing. I'd love to see that, but the sections. And I like, I like who Scott picked. Bill Torrey, fantastic general manager, one of the greatest ever. Al Arbor, one of the greatest coaches ever. And Charles Wong saved the Islanders from leaving Long Island. You can do whatever you want for him being cheap, which, yes, he was, and whatever. And he hired Mike Milbury and Garth Snow. And Neil Smith was smart enough to get out after 40 days and 40 nights. Um, but think about it. Without him, there are New York, no New York Islanders. So I like the way he thinks. Missing one though. He's missing one. Who? How great would it be to have the grumpy old man and his and a replica couch section? Oh. The that, would be, that would be like in the Smithsonian. <laughs> well, here's the thing, too. Okay, I found the word I was looking for, or the phrase I was looking for there. Stadium relations or something like that. I don't know. Media relations. They need to have someone thinking. I think that's a real cool way to go ahead and do it. And, and I wonder if they've that's even crossed a mind. I don't think they have the minds that could do that. Obviously, I'm not saying rename. They the should contact team. the grumpy old man if they want to think outside the box a little bit. You said what? They should contact the grumpy old man if they want to think outside the box a little bit. Or Scott. I'm not going to lie. That's a good idea. He might be on to something there. Um, yep. Frank K. Hey, let's meet up in the Tory section. Let's go to the arm section. Let's go to the Wong section. I mean, you'd have to really know the area pretty well to know the exact sections. Um, and again, like it's not something you're gonna learn overnight, but I think it's pretty cool. I mean, like you can't, as I said, you can't rename the sections, but I mean, they still need to have the number, but like still, like associate, like, oh, you're part of like the Arbor. Yeah, I think that'd be kind of cool. That's all. Frank Hayes says the Rangers are in New York City, attractive life. Nine out of ten will choose urban over suburban. See, like that's the thing too. I'm just like I've never been a good guy, as like a city guy, but I mean, like, oh man, oh man. I just always wonder if that's going to always be, you know, we're always going to play, you know, second fiddle in the in the the opinions of a general hockey fan to the Rangers. Frankie, I am sick and tired of Islander fans and in general considering themselves some serving to the Rangers. I never think that. No. So many people do. They they look at themselves as second class citizens. You want to know what? It's a perpetuating myth. The more you keep talking about it and saying it, you're just you're just feeding into it. I've never thought the Islanders were ever inferior to the Rangers, ever. Now I live. First of all, they we, we got equal amount of cups, and they've been here for centuries. Okay, so you know we've been here since '72. So I'd say we kind of have it over them a little bit in that area. We've won more than they have. Sorry, but we have. And uh, Frankie. You live in New York just like I do. How attractive is New York City right now? Because it isn't very attractive right now. 
But the thing is, most I mean, like I don't think about it, a lot of those. I understand where he's coming from. A lot of those young, a lot of those younger professionals there and younger players want to go ahead and have like the CD lifestyle. I understand it. It's just never been something that's appealed there to me. But I mean, like for a young. I like your little face down there. Girl. Way to ride that fence, TJ. Get real good at it. Don't take a stand on anything. I'll play devil's advocate. Come on now. I'll do that. So, Grump, now you said you don't have the inferiority complex to the Rangers. Now, do you start the chance at all the games if you know your Rangers suck? Clap your hands. When we're no, playing I, don't, I don't do any of that. Really some teams. I, you know what else I don't do? I don't do yes, 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 yes. I do not do that. Anything that you have to steal from a wrestler is not something to be proud of. But who has the real inferior, inferiority complex here? The team that's been chanting the same guy's name since nineteen, you know, since the eighties and seventies. These guys have been retired since eighty-eight, and they it. still do hot and suck chants. I love that, it. I love that it. Not a complex. As to me, as an Islander fan, I love that. So do I. It's it's, it's pathetic. Popping is still in your head. I love yeah. it. I love it. I love it. Every time I hear it, I love it. And guess what? Dennis loves it too. Oh my oh, god. Yeah. Often always said that only great players get booed. That's right. That's right. Yep. Sal P comes up though. Very, very, very consistent here. He says the best way to attract free agents for the Islanders is to build a perennial winner. First and yes. foremost, guys want to win. For certain they do. I was just wondering when you're on the cusp and you haven't won yet, and you're like, okay, we're ready, ready to take the next step. You know, that's I feel like the Tom Brady effect. Thank you. The Tom Brady effect. Take less to go somewhere to be with the winner. David W. says there, Belmont will be our home, home sweet home. Can't wait to see what the future will look like. Let's go, Islanders. Um, I, I'm just looking at the picture, and I'm confused. I'll just leave it. <laughs> I don't care. Okay. Good We're scrolling right. I love to look at the pictures, Tommy. I love to look at the pictures of the people. I see good-looking girls with not-so-good-looking guys. I'm like, yeah, I'll kick your coverage. I see cute kids. It's like, hey. Okay, fantastic. I, I I love looking at the pictures. I don't have I don't have any social media presence, so it's nice for me to live through vicariously through other people's pictures. Oh goodness gracious! And Brian G says the barn is insane. I hope that I mean, like, I still think there's going to be that same crazy atmosphere like that too in UBS, and I hope that's the case too going forward. Weeding, uh, you know, I would I just swear if we were a little bit more entertaining, imagine how exciting it would be. Now here's a question. Well, as old as time, and this Tommy's going to you right off the bat. Jerry Springer has sent me the question he wants me to ask, or maybe it's Jerry Springer or Mike M. I can't remember. I get everything confused. I must apologize. I'm not giving credit. I'm sure to the right person. People want to bring the Ice Girls back. Tommy B. This is a it's a it's a controversial one for sure. Coach Tommy B. Ice Girls, yay or nay? That's a yay. It's a big yay. That was a popular thing. All right, they you know they made they they added entertainment in between periods and honestly on stoppages, I, I never saw a problem with it. If you know, and they're not being forced to do that. If that's if they have an opportunity like that and they want to do it, give them their opportunity. Aren't we the land of opportunity? Grump, I'll let you go ahead. And oh, you're gonna let me touch this subject? Usually, yeah. no, uh, you know what? Correction. We've given you a privilege. Let me go ahead and just hit the mute button on Grump. We're not letting Grump answer this question. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So they skate some hot girls out there during intermissions. You know what? That's what people want to see, right? I mean, think about it. Cheerleaders. Why are cheerleaders out there? Do you care if they can do a dance routine? No. What do you, I mean, what, why are cheerleaders there? To keep the fans enter, entertained during crappy parts of a game. 
That's yeah. why I'll, say, I'll tell you this much. I never really paid attention. Like even like when there was like those intermission breaks, it was like, okay, now I could just stop focusing. And the same thing with football. I never paid attention. And like, I, it's just a non-starter. I don't care if they're there or not. Cause I don't pay attention to them. Okay. Let's be honest, right? Sports is mostly a male thing, right? For the most, oh. for the most part. So what are you trying to do? You're trying to appeal to the males in your crowd. It's a smart marketing thing. So you're going to put out pretty girls. That's what you're going to do. I mean, it is what it is. The fact they took it away, I, I don't – what was the reason? Because it was – I'm sure it was something politically incorrect or correct. And there's nothing wrong with it. I, as I said, you're not forcing anybody to do it. You're giving you're – giving, it, it's entertainment, and, and the ladies who do it, they're doing it under their free will. So yeah. – you're saying you would be against this if they like had chains on them when they were out there cleaning that up, but otherwise they're cool with it. I am. <laughs> I'm a yay on this, by the way, 100 percent yay. I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought they were those girls. You know, they were very. I've never met them. They were very nice girls, and they were very popular. And I'm. I'm sure they miss it. Well, the weird thing is too. Like, it's not just like there's no ice girls ever. Like I remember like the uh, uh, Charlotte checkers, they have the ice girls. There are always ice. Girls. It depends on like what level you are, where you are. There's a lot of ice girls, a lot of teams that don't do them. It's a not, it's like a, I'm indifferent towards it. I know like it divides up the fan base. Some people say, yes, we need to bring back the, uh, the ice girls. Some people say, no, I'm just like, I don't grump. I'm sure you're going to be shocked with this answer. I'm indifferent. I don't care if they're there or not. Like I said, Felix, the fence rider <laughs> he rides again. <laughs> He, he he actually he definitely decided to sidestep that question. I mean, so, <laughs> there's no that you can't answer me that I will not answer. You might not like the answer, but I will answer the question. No, no, TJ, my my girlfriend is watching this show right now, and I answered that question. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's like I don't, I don't know. I just never like paid much attention to it. It's just one of those things where I don't care if they're there or not. I honestly, if they could bring something funny, but like. The thing is, if you bring something funny, it's going to be cheesy funny. You're not going to want it. It's going to make you cringe. So it's just like I'd rather sit there and nothing. Just clean the ice and just get it out. Another take I have is that if they were never there in the first place, then I'd probably th think differently. But they became part of what the Islanders were for quite some time. So once they became, you know, sort of a sort of a ritual or a, a sort of a regular thing we had at games, you know, then now you take it away for some stupid reason. Uh, I'm sorry. They were part of the Islanders, so I, I didn't think it was fair they took them away. So what the, they were a fixture is the word that you were looking Yeah, they for. were a fixture, yes. Thank you. So now what did they do? Since they don't have the ice girls, what did they do now? Did they just let the ice pile up, or what did they do? <laughs> no, they have, they, have, they have people out there that do it. You know, they, a, lot of, a lot of them are men. Hell wants to see that. <laughs> With these ice giant ice. shovels. Yeah, I <laughs> no trouble. They're great. Good job, Ledecky. <laughs> no, it's they've been the ice girls have been gone for before Ledecky was here, Grom. The ice girls have been gone for a while, haven't they, Tommy? They were they were taken when they moved to Barclays. Yeah, huh. They've been gone for a while, Grumpy. Maybe um, they couldn't find hot chicks in Brooklyn. I will tell you one thing. I do find it interesting. Vegas does theirs, and they have this guy. I mean, like Vegas does it where they load out like a million people at once. And again, I don't really care. I don't pay much attention to it, but I saw it on social media. And they load out a million people and have this one guy who's like skating unbelievably hard and doing a whole bunch of stuff to remove the ice. And they highlight and pan over him. Like those type of things are kind of cool. I don't like, I don't know. I, I feel like it's, I don't know. You got to go. It's always a show in Vegas. 
That's right. Yeah. There's always a show in Vegas. I was about to say, I, I don't dislike watching that. Again, I don't, I don't really, it's a non-starter. I don't really care about watching that stuff, but it was kind of interesting to watch. I'll watch the scantily clad girls. Thank you. Ugh. And I don't want to focus on some big Broadway production in between, uh, you know, timeout, TV timeouts, just enough to keep my, my focus. Uh, oh, the grumpy. You got your focus. You lose focus easy. Oh, goodness. You can't make, you can't make the intermission more important than the game. You know what I actually miss from Islander intermissions? If we're going to talk a little bit about the old days, they when I used to go and I had season tickets forever, um, they would have that competition where you'd have to take a shot from the red line and they would have the full board up. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and you had to basically fit the puck length in between that thing. And that was something that everybody loved. And we had pools and stuff in the stands on that thing about if somebody would hit or not. And you would only get hit like once or twice a season. That I thought was the was the best tradition they had. They took it away. You want to know why people love that? Because it's just an average guy comes out of the stand and has a chance to win whatever it was a thousand dollars, whatever it was, and yeah. it's so exciting because guess what? You come to the next thing, it could be you, yeah. and it's, those things are just so exciting. I mean, you don't need anything fancy, just something small like the Ice Girls. It's like the same thing where you say now you get me wanting to have the ice girls back. I hadn't even thought about the ice girls anymore. Now I want them. I have trust me, I hadn't thought about the ice girls in years, nor has it even been something I, I really think too much about. But uh, I can't remember who mentioned it. It was either Jerry or Mike. I, I, again, I, I don't remember exactly who, but they said we got to talk about this there on the podcast. So it's a good subject. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Grump, Tommy B, Coach Tommy B. We're about at two hours and 20 minutes. Wow. Wrapping things up. Okay. It doesn't feel like two hours and 20 minutes. No more comments parading the grumpy old man today or what? There were comments that I was showing unfair favoritism to the YouTube comments. I was like, oh, man, there's so many comments. I was just trying to siphon through. And because I'm like, I can't run through all the comments like I usually do. I'm like, we have way too many talking points today and we got a guest on. So we were just able to pick, choose some of them. That being said. I know we're about at two hours and 20 minutes. I don't want to keep you guys forever. I want to hear some closing statements, closing thoughts. Go ahead. Tommy. I think the Outers will finish here this season. We got Tommy Baffey. Okay. Tommy Baffey, I want to ask you first, how do you think things end there for the Outers this year? Okay. Um, I'm, I'm pretty confident in this team. Obviously, we don't know over the last 14 games what's going to transpire with, with them getting this new chemistry with all these new players. We don't know if another big injury is going to happen. Those are things we cannot predict. Okay, but I, I happen to think this team now can roll four very strong lines. I think they can – that the defense, especially with Pelican Pulak, who I think is the best defensive tandem in the NHL from a defensive standpoint. And we have two goalies that I, I am very comfortable in putting them in big spots. I'm already comfortable with Sorokin in a big spot. I think this team – is going to finish either first or second as far as the regular season is concerned. And as I said to you earlier, I think they will definitely get out of this division. And honestly, I feel if they play anybody but Tampa Bay in the conference finals, they will go to the Stanley Cup finals. That is that is what I feel is going to end up transpiring with this team. I think this team can win a cup. I think they can win the cup if somebody gets rid of Tampa Bay first. I think we can win the cup. And I, I wanted to say one thing about the show, TJ. First off, I, I thank you guys so much for having me on. This was an honor. I had a great time tonight. And I wanted to give you an idea for when they call in with your phone ring. You should use the Islander Goal Horn. Use the Islander Goal Horn as your click for the phone. Oh, God. It's good. I, I can't even tell you. How to, number one, thank you. I know, we appreciate you coming on the show, Coach Tommy V. Um, 
I'll tell you, it, it's going to have to have, I'm going to have to rely upon Paige. My, oh, you're going to do, I'm kissing up there, Grump? Thanks. Uh, it's gonna, I have to rely on Paige. She does a lot of that stuff where it comes to like the iPhones and, and like the technology on the phones, not bleeding through the computer. I don't know. I'm tech-tarded when it comes to that. So I'm going to have to rely upon somebody else. But that is a good idea. I think that's that's something definitely we can go with. <laughs> so Grump, I want to hear also predictions here by the end of the season. Uh, I think we win division and we get to the semifinals. I don't, it depends on who we play. I think with the system we play, uh, it's all going to come down, like Tommy said, to chemistry with the two new guys. If they gel and mesh, we have the winger that can score. Uh, and I, I'm not going to rip Anders Lee, but I think he brings more elements to his game than Anders Lee does in Kyle Palmer. I, I will say that. And I think that makes us a better team in the long run, tougher to defend. Uh, and like I said, I just, I just don't want to play Tampa. Uh, and those two, and those Western teams are freaking tough too. I'm going to tell you what, they're really good too, but I thought we would have to play Tampa. I don't know why I was thinking that probably because I wasn't thinking as usual. Uh, but like I said, I would, I just don't want to play Tampa. I just, I'm scared of them. I'm scared of them. But if somebody else could somehow beat Tampa or, uh, you know, I don't know, maybe that plane crashes on the way somewhere, maybe we got a shot. But other than that, it's going to be Tampa. Oh, goodness. But I want to say thanks to Tommy for coming on. And I also, TJ, wanted to mention, I know we haven't mentioned here on the podcast, but we're going to be doing an NFL draft special. Oh, yeah. Something else will – that's a lot of work on me, so let's – Don't worry. I have all the information right here, right here in the head. Got it all. I'll watch that. That would be great. That's going to be so much fun. Yeah. If comes up, we're going to have fun things about, say, every team. It's going to be a lot of fun. That's another side project we're working on. We'll save it there for another day. We're at the end here. There was one comment that I think is perfect to end this on. Joe F. Joe Fitzpatrick says, between periods, I'm concentrating on taking away and getting another beer. Not the ice girl. If there's a man who's got his priority rights, it's Joe right here. Maybe if Joe slowed his roll with – oh, here we go. Lou. He's like Lou on the landline. He's probably calling it. Maybe if Joe – I, you know, I, I, my wife knows she is supposed to pick up the phone when it rings during the podcast. All right. Better job. Uh, maybe if he didn't drink so much beer, he wouldn't have to rush and take the whiz as opposed to watching what's going on in the ice. Even with, even with the limited capacity, um, I cannot remember. Jason Hoffman, he made sure to post and tag me. And he, he, there's still a line for the men's bathroom, even with the limited capacity there and. and and the Coliseum, and I just could not help but laugh at it there. I'm like, oh, man, there's still a line at the bathroom. That's the only time that there's a line at the men's room and not at the women's room is you go to a sporting event. Oh, goodness. That's true, and that was the best analogy of the night. I'm giving that to Fitzpatrick. That was a great analogy. Those are the type of people we have here. <laughs> Thank you. The, the 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 pontificators. Well, I do appreciate both of you guys for coming on again, Coach Tommy B. Thank you so much for joining thank us. You. We wanted to get you there in the off season. We had some tech issues, but we finally got you here. And again, I'd love to have you back on. Again, always a welcome guest to have back on. There's thank so you. much knowledge behind the scenes that Coach Tommy B is is privy to that uh, would blow your mind. That's all I'm gonna say. 
it's uh, nice to have it's nice to have Tommy who actually has some insight as opposed to me just ranting on what's happening just by what I can see. It's nice to have somebody who has actually has some facts to back up everything that I see. So it's great. Just proves me right again. I had a great time, guys. You got you guys are great to do a show with. I really and I, I would definitely love to come back. This was a lot of fun. I would definitely uh, sit here and rant with you and, and all the great people that come here and watch the show and the amazing comments that you get up there and and some pretty good callers today too. Yeah, absolutely. And again, thank you everybody who does watch the live stream and listen to the podcast. It means the world to myself, the grumpy old man. I know Coach Tommy Baffy. We get to interact there with people who like to listen there and uh, like to talk Islanders hockey. But thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Grumpy Old Man, and thank you, Coach Tommy B. My pleasure.